What's up, guys? Thank you for joining us on the Weekly Sit-Down Podcast. This is the kind of show you throw on if you just want some company or to feel like you're hanging out with someone. We mostly feature successful entrepreneurs, but in the end, everyone has a story to tell, and we can all learn from others' experiences, no matter who they are. A nice, a nice little guest, Alex. Thank you. No problem. My good friend Louis Andrew White III graced us with his presence. We touched on the in and outs of living in a white neighborhood, the in and outs of living in a trap neighborhood, the in and outs of Kratom. <laughs> what uh, the ins and outs of dogs? The in, ins and outs of dogs. <laughs> dogs adoptions. And well, what is? And he's a his official job title PR. Correct. Specialist. Consultant? Consultant? Yeah. Public relations consultant. Okay. Public relations consultant. Mm-hmm. For cannabis? Correct. There we go. And uh, yeah, he, he, you'll learn a lot from this episode, guys. We uh, we did watch a bit of Fortnite. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we watched some Fortnite too. Yeah, you'll see Johnny on there. But he taught us a lot. I really like hearing his insight. And he's someone who... Who has a way to tell a story? He knows how to tell a story for sure. Definitely and, uh, a storyteller. I think you'll really enjoy his wit and us just chilling, basically. Enjoy. You want something? You want to end it on that? You good on that? Beautiful. What are you into, Drew? What's your thing? What's my thing? Yeah, what do you got? Too many things, man. There's too many things. Um, if you could siphon that question down, that'd be great. But if not, I could talk about some things out of mind. I want to know what's on your mind, yeah. What's on my mind? Well, I drove here from North Shore. It was a bit of a hike. I got a I got a car that's pretty trashed out right now. It's 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 gotten me all the way from Atlanta to New York, a million different times. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a kind of a good reflection of myself over the past five years. It's had its rundowns. It's had its little accidents. It's had its wear and tear. But it's gotten to it's gotten to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And um, in my life right now, I'm in a pretty great place. I'll give you a little backstory, a little current story, a little future story. But currently, I'm living good, living large with my girlfriend uh, over on the North Shore. Um, Alex and I grew up in a nice little hamlet in the nook of the prettiest parts of the uh, Great Gatsby side of town, if you will. (laughs) And um, I actually was fortunate enough after college and had some jobs in Manhattan and then now this new job that I'm in now to find another little hamlet-y nook right up the street from where I grew up. And my girlfriend and I are now living in a nice house down on the water uh, for about seven, eight months now. You got a puppy too? or We did just get a little puppy named Poe. Shout out to Poe. Shout out to Poe. He's a good guy. Interesting story behind Poe. He was actually saved by what I believe to be either a rich philanthropic man or a rich guilty conscious man. Both, both options to be discussed at another time. But anywho, this man went to China. And flew back any upwards of 40 to 50 dogs on a private jet of his uh, and saved them from what is known as the Yulin Dog Meat Festival. So every year in China, um, you may have heard about their practices and their relationships with dogs and how they're very similar to that of the relationship we have with maybe you could say a chicken. Or uh, a pig. Or a pig, yeah. So the dogs in China, they get eaten. Let's cut to the chase here. And this man picked them up and said, I'm not going to let you get eaten. I'm going to fly back to America where all the nice people won't eat you. 
So we flew him back to New Hampshire, donated about 50 different rescues to the various North Shore, the various animal leagues throughout the Tri-State area. And my girlfriend and I went over to the Farmingdale Pecto uh, for a daily drop there. I think it was like a monthly adoption kind of drop deal. Um, a mobile drop, if you will. So we went over there and it was a single day adoption. We got the little guy, saved him from being a, a player of Pope Fu Young. <laughs> and now we've had him for about five weeks, six weeks. And he is a doll. Great little dog. Makes me happy. I work from home. So he's a great little companion for me. My girl's happy. She's one of the dogs since the second we moved into the place. So the overall attitude in my home has been, for lack of better words, fucking wonderful as of recent. There's a dog in it and no one can complain. So it's been pretty <laughs> great. But yeah, working from home with a dog is top notch, man, because I definitely get lonely at the house sometimes when I work. But having a little pooch there to walk every two, three hours, feed him something, play him something, teeth him a little there. It's good. It's a, it's a good deal. Man. Your first kid? It's my first kid, man. I got a couple floating around uh, Puerto Vallarta. I got one out in Dubai. And I got another one in San Bernardino, but I don't know them. This is the first one I've met. He's great. All right. You got a good one. My dog's my kid. What's your dog? Poe? Poe. Yeah, it's actually Chinese for spirit and fortitude. Because you've got to have a lot of spirit to get out of a cage designed to make you meat. Yeah, you got to have that extra something. My uh, my dog's name is Diddy. You know, you met him? You met him, right? Yeah, the white party down in Miami. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's a show. He knew Biggie. That's what's up, man. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> so what do you do? You said you work from home. What do I do? I'm a uh, public relations consultant. And I work in the nascent burgeoning industry of cannabis. So uh, that's the best way to put it. So as a consultant, I work with, uh, as a public relations consultant, you wouldn't really consider me a traditional version of what most would say as a consultant. But I am a public relations manager. So I have clients all throughout the cannabis industry, as well as some other industries uh, related to like sustainable business, beneficial businesses, uh, organics. Mm-hmm. herbs and uh, essential oils, things of that nature. So I have a, a few, mo- most of my clients are cannabis-based because we are a cannabis-based PR firm, but uh, we do stretch out to other realms of similar kind of industries. But pretty much what I do is I have clients who feel that the things that they do are newsworthy. Uh, and I c- take my time to reach out to different members of the news media, whether it be um, reporters at you know your traditional outlets like the New York Times or Washington Post or... You know, Cranes, Reuters, anything, Bloomberg, everything from up there uh, down to smaller outlets like local outlets, L.A. Weeklies, your New York, uh, your New York Daily News, and then everything down to like your really cannabis culture, counterculture focus outlets like, a, I don't know, a weed blog or, a, or even, you know, some nonsense like that with so, irony, stuff <clears throat> like that. So your clients are primarily who? Like... Um, I have clients all across the industry. So it could be anybody from ancillary companies who don't touch the plant at all, like vaporizer companies, uh, container companies, holding companies, real estate companies, investors, all the way up to folks who are actually manufacturers and distributors who own dispensaries or who own uh, cultivation farms or who are actually just investors in the industry who seed different companies to become in, to become bigger. So they'll hit you up when they think like, oh, I got something big. I need you to get it out there. Oh, uh, that's the deal. Yeah. So they, they, they sign on with us and sign a retainer to work with us month after month. Yeah. And we 
will get news from them each month, or, you know, or even each week, depending on how busy they may be. And when we get that news, I disseminate it to the rest of my team. And pretty much our job is to make sure that whatever news our client thinks is worthy, we show them that we did our best to get that news out to the media and push it to the right different areas of coverage who may want to hear it that may be applicable. And our end goal, obviously, is to get our clients published in news articles related to the things that they're doing. So sometimes it may be that a client of mine, say a very reputable magazine brand you may have heard of that has been around for 100 years and is the number one magazine you probably could have ever heard of related to cannabis. I won't drop a name, but you could probably guess what it is. It starts with an H and ends with the Times. Um, they would come to us and say, you know, we're making a new, we're making a new outlet in which we want to release a clothing line. And when they come up to us with that idea, our job is pretty much just to formulate pitches figure out the best way to get that messaging out to the to, to the news media and see who bites. So if I reach out to BuzzFeed and say, hey man, high time just for releasing a new clothing line. Are you interested in chatting with them to, to learn about it? Let me know. And if BuzzFeed wants to chat with them, I connect them with High Times. High Times talks to them. They get published in the piece. Everybody's happy. We get the monies. They get the publicity. It's, it's all nice. Everyone wins. That's really nice. It's a good little symbiotic operation. And the cool part is I work with people who came from pretty traditional industry. So a lot of these guys who work for publicly traded marijuana companies may have came from the financial sector. It may have come from real estate. or may have come from traditional investing. And one of the biggest com com common things you see from these folks is that they are tired of working with assholes. So when you come to the cannabis industry, and like I said, whether it's ancillary or not, or if you're actually truly touching the plant day in and day out, um, one kind of caveat you can have in your in, in your interactions is that you can pretty much say, I don't want to work with assholes. So it's kind of weeds out. If you come to the industry looking to exploit it because you can see that it's a big cash grab, yeah. if you're not genuine or passionate about what you're doing, or at least a nice person, there's a lot of people who can exploit the industry. And that's fine because it is a, it is a business. And at the end of the day, that's what business is for. Exploitation of profit. But if you can come in there and actually be a respectable person and, and deal with people in a very you know reasonable manner, you're going to be received very well. But the cool part about the industry is when someone comes in and they're being an asshole, they get weeded out very quickly. They're immediately ostracized. No one wants to work with you. Nobody. We already left Goldman Sachs. We already left <laughs> fucking Moody's. We already left Deloitte, dude. We already left J.P. Morgan Chase. We don't want to deal with Jamie Dimon anymore. Just because you think you're Jamie Dimon's little cousin's cousin's godson doesn't mean that you have any sort of clout to throw around in the industry that's been around for seven years. Nobody's really big balls. No one's big kahuna in the fucking industry. So it's cool to see that everybody understands that there has to be some sort of symbiosis to make the industry work well. So it's a cool industry to work in and um, get a lot of free pot shit. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, you, it's really cool. Well, you live obviously around here. It's not... Oh, no, it's medical here, right? Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about actual... Like I said, I'm get, I, I'll get like ancillary products. So I'll get, uh, I'll get free vapes. I'll get free bonds. I'll get free... You know, just free random swag, new innovative stuff, mostly tech, mostly tech that my clients make, and they'll ask me to check out before they think to put it out for distribution and sale. Dope, man. How did you get into this? Did you, I guess you've always had a love for Bud? I love Bud. I do love the Bud. Um, where are my keys? That was an old client. If you look at that. What? If you look at oh, this, this, no, the straight, the, oh, uh, the lanyard. The key maker? Oh, dope. Team Indica from Leafly, and then it's got every, uh, it's got every strain. 
Most oh of my god! Yeah, my buddy got me that for Christmas like five like, years ago. <laughs> I feel like they're making new strains every day. Right? Oh, they sure are. Dude, yeah. The names are ridiculous. But really, the way I got into it, this kind of happened since. So I used to work in Manhattan for a year, uh, working in uh, impact investing. Uh, so it was kind of a similar industry, where it was folks who were progressive thinkers who wanted to do something with their money positive while also making a profit. Um, so that was called Benefit Corporations. I, was, I worked for a company called B-Lab in Manhattan. Um, and a good, good friend of mine who just had a kid, shout out Jesse and his young little son, Griffin. Uh, Jesse and his cousin, Evan, who's my boss now, is a huge advocate in the cannabis industry. He is the director of the New Jersey's, New Jersey's um, chapter of Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. He is on the board of directors of the National Committee, and he is the treasurer of Normal. He also owns and operates, or he actually is a, a owning stake and the CFO of a company called Whoopi and Maya, which makes uh, cannabis-infused topical rubs for women's menstrual relief. And he also is on the chair of Students for Sensible Drug Policy. So ever since he was in college, he was really committed to working in the cannabis industry. And uh, he reached out to me. About two and a half years, what's it, February? About two and a half years ago now, sent, you know, letting me know that his team was expanding. And it was a small three-person company that was just doing outreach to, um, to news outlets. And it was just, we only had, they only had about seven clients at the time. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to me and said, you know, we're expanding pretty quickly. I know you have a neat job in Manhattan. Um, but if it's something you're interested in, I'd love to talk to you about it. So it was pretty cool because it was, it was one of those uh, right place, right time, know the right people kind of things. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a pretty easy transition because what I did in my old job was really just client management and client satisfaction. I had a boatload of clients that I had to keep eyes on, keep tabs on, and make sure that they were satisfied within the parameters of the services that my old job provided. And it was really just transferring that same kind of mindset to an industry that I was way more in line with and already super passionate about. Yeah. So I got in there two years ago. We had about seven clients. Um, fast forward two years later, I got about, like, we have... Seven full-time employees who manage clients and reporter relationships, probably like 15 interns and about 36 or 37 clients now. So um, we're just shooting up and up and we're, we're opening up new industries. We're now working with different legislators around other herbs. Like I'm working with a Kratom client now because he's trying to get legislation from um, that stuff's too crazy for me. Yeah, uh, but you know, I can, you know, it's, you it's, ever you have it, use it? You ever try that? Oh, what, with Kratom or Kratom? Kratom yeah. I thought Kratom. it was Kratom, but yeah. yeah. Well, the guy, trust me, I thought it was Kratom too until I got on this onboarding call. That is 100% Kratom. <laughs> and this man drilled that into our head. But that's really, that's the, the funny part now that you bring that up. Like, oh, you know, I can't get down, get on that shit. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that I work with. And to be, speak very candidly, you know, I've been smoking weed since I was 12 years old. I'm 27. So that's fucking long enough. I've seen all the shit. You know, there's only so many things that can make me fucking drop my jaw and go holy <laughs> shit. Um, and even past that, now at this point, there's so much stuff that I'll see where it's like, all right, cool. That's a very neat innovation. That's very interesting. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> and that's just the, that's just the matter and, and the case of the the industry I work in and, and almost like the same rigmarole. If you were, you know, Derek Jeter didn't walk into the dugout every single day for 15 years like, oh. <gasps> <laughs> Holy shit, I'm playing baseball in the MLB. Like, you know, it's not how it works. But anybody, either of us walk on the diamond, we're going to be like, Holy shit, you walk yeah. on the diamond for two years, you're yeah, like, I'm at work. Yeah. I'm at work. 
So mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was like, I got free vapes. I got free fucking mm-hmm. this. And that is the craziest shit ever. But now it's just the, the thing that kind of keeps me doing it is the fact that I know that I actually am a true advocate. And I do care about people having access to medicine in areas that they may not be able to. And like here, I don't really give a shit about medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. That's not true. I do give a shit. But personally, in my life, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. I could easily go get an eighth weed for fucking twenty five dollars, three anyway. grams of hash oil, and be high shit for the next month and a half <laughs> without ever having any sort of government tell me if or when I can get it. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I know that there's a lot of people out there who may not have that same gall, who may not have that same go getting attitude of fuck it, I don't care what you have to say to me, I'm going to do what I want, but who do need that medicine and who do feel the need to have to be represented by somebody. So for us to kind of push the conversation in a way where it makes it more nationally acceptable, dude, every time Jeff Sessions gets on the radio or gets on the TV and says some nonsense about marijuana, it is the best thing possible for our clients because that just and then turns around into us writing to CNN, writing to Wall Street Journal, writing to New York Times and saying, hey, Jeff Sessions said this today. Here's industry reactions from 15 people in the industry who would love to get back at Jeff Sessions and let them know this. And it's gold. And it just helps our clients get visibility. It helps them grow. And it's just really interesting to see the industry grow as we try to figure out how we're going to grow. I think that's really interesting how uh, the industry grows in itself and people get more access to it. But just opening the dialogue. Sound a little weird, right? I got to raise yours. (laughs) That you're right though. That is one of the biggest parts is opening the dialogue and having the conversation. When the dialogue is open, there we go. Ooh, what's up, guys? Ooh, Radio FM coming in live. All right, Kiss FM. My brother Alex Hyde just wanna hop in on us. How we do? So, like I was saying, more than anything, just being able to open up the dialogue can kind of remove the taboo from it because, like you said, it's in national conversation now. Um, Yeah. So the legality of it is one point, but if people just don't find it a bad thing, it's like, hey, Slime, can you get me some of that? Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, and that's the same thing. I've been through that exact same situation. Shout out, Dad. You know, uh, <laughs> go get me something, Dad. And it's still the same thing this day. But at the end of the day, you look at the numbers, over 60% of Americans believe that in some form of some form of legal cannabis should be in effect, whether it's recreational or medicinal. So the the numbers are there. It's, it's, it's obvious. So it's not like... So what's the reason that it's not? What do you think? Big pharma, man, money. It's all about that's big, it. It's Absolutely. All about big yeah, yeah. The only thing, in my opinion, is I would even go. I would even be bold enough to go past "quote unquote" my opinion and say the facts of the matter are: big pharmaceutical does not want any sort of alternative medicine to take place of the things that make them money. The same way that the hemp industry is not allowed to exist because that's going to take away Mm -hmm. millions of dollars from every other textile, every other medicine, and everybody else. If they can't regulate it and they can't do it on their own, they don't want to fucking have it seen. And I've been working with companies that are now going out of the way to try to build uh, regulation platforms to, to show to governments, hey, I have a blockchain technology that makes you trace... Every single plant in the state, from the second it's put in the ground as a seed, to the point that it's bought at the dispensary to be sold, to the point that it's sold to an actual customer, until it's lit on fire, combusted, then we can no longer trace it. Wow. Literally, I was today I was on the phone with, with a person I can't bring up. It's confidential. and The discussion's confidential, but the, the content isn't. They have a new tracking chemical. I can't name it, but it has a specific proprietary trademark name. They can spray on the raw surface of cannabis and it will be tracked molecularly via a molecular tag from the second it is grown out of the plant all the way to the actual dispensary. 
And the second the consumer buys it for all you Illuminati scared boys, the second you light it on fire, looks, the chemical looks is gone. right in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because that's that was my as that's, a that's as a semi Illuminati shit. scared boy, I was like, I'm not letting you spray my shit with tracker spray. What do I look like? Katniss Everdeen, you're not Smoking about to microscopic me. RFID chips. But excellent, excellent. But the second it's combusted, it goes away and wow. it can't be tracked. And they've even they've done multiple tests. They'll light it, smoke it, and then they'll they'll test with the scanner the, the smoke that comes out your mouth. They'll test your stomach. They'll test your the lungs. They'll look right over you, and they can't show any trace of the same thing they showed mere moments ago that was on the face of the bud. Crazy what? technology to help these to help these governments figure out ways to truly track. Take compliance, security, and transparency around the marijuana that's being sold, where it's coming from and where it's going. But fuck that, right? God forbid we have anything that works. Let's just keep giving everybody Oxycontin until they die. Dude, Thanks, America. I <laughs> am such an Illuminati scared boy right now. I know yeah. you are. That is, that is <laughs> commonly known as like nanotechnology and It stuff. is nanotechnology. That is fucking disgusting and amazing. It's called time. Sig Nature. Wow. Signature. It's a signature. You know, that's a really good segue wow. right there. Signature. I heard Gary Vary and Chuck talking about this the other day. <laughs> yeah. No, he lo- loves Gary V. Oh, you do? You're no, Gary V. You no, know, but he talked about this. He talked yeah. about how everyone's like, my privacy, the internet, but, all these things, they're all they're bad. It's like, but you submit to all of these things. Like, did he say fuck you? Huh? Did he say fuck he you? He did say fuck. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Ooh. But no, it's yeah. literally like people say one thing, I care about my privacy, but yeah. like, no, you're staring at a camera. All fucking day, yeah. like they've you've seen this stuff on the news too. Like they'll take two cell phones out, one will have airplane mode on, one won't have airplane mode on. They'll go out all day, and both phones will pick up like insane amounts of information: where you've been, where, which stores you went to, how far you traveled, if you walked, if you did this. You have to me, shut kid. it. Not saying me, you gotta kid. shut it. What do you mean you gotta? You're yeah, you just <laughs> no Metro PCS. I don't. I have. I don't even do trap things, but I just keep a trap phone on me at all times. And if they did look, they'd be like, "Wow, this guy is just willfully unemployed." <laughs> no, I'm, I just keep a trap phone on me at all times because I want to make sure my conversations are not trackable. So if I'm like, yo, dad, you want to go play golf? I don't need the NSA. No so you don't think that they can access your camera because it's Metro PCS? I don't have Metro PCS. Oh. Bro. I'm totally tracked. Oh, oh. I'm beyond I tracked. Watch this right now. Ready, ready, ready? Yeah. We're Boom, tracked. Track. Ready? Watch this. Ready? Tracked again. Ready? Close <laughs> it out. One more time. Tracked. There's yeah. nothing I can do here. I just gave the NSA my fingerprint eight times in four seconds. I'm yeah. beyond track. Yeah, I yeah. Go, every time I send somebody money on Venmo, they're like, oh, this scumbag. Look at him. I bet that wasn't for sushi. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not scared anymore. I gave up on that shit. This, this no guy eats lunch at 3 o'clock in the morning. I, yeah. have no, I have no reason to be concerned about somebody getting into my personal files and letting me know that, like, oh, God, did you hear? We need to have a meeting on the fifth floor. Yeah, I got gone right now. Drew White just purchased 15 jars. Of something that we cannot identify. He's got the yellow cake. Like, man, fuck out of here, bro. I went on Dick Sporting Goods. I bought 15 golf balls and a fucking fleece throwover. What, 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 what are you going to come to my house for? We got him right well, now. He's at his house. He's watching Deer Hunter. It's four in the Deer morning. Hunter. Go get him. <laughs> well, they say like one in five. Don't they say one in five conversations you have on the phone or someone listen to them? Not me. I just switched the cricket like last week. 55 a month, son. They, they, why would they not have access to cricket? They have. Access. I'm just fucking around. Cricket, yeah. You just told me that cricket is a part of the AT&T I just, tower. yeah. So they clearly have access. Uh, 
Yeah. One Air, in five phones are being tapped. One, no, one in five phone calls. So everyone's phone, but oh. someone listens to one in five calls that you made. Really? Wow. I know that uh, one out of five websites that people go to is Facebook.com. One out of three children every day are born with autism. Womp, womp, yeah. womp. Because of, of Wi-Fi. Big agriculture. Because of vaccines, bro. Don't get the flu shot, bro. You think that? Are you? Yeah. Ooh, right. you a if vax- you bring up an anti-vax a vax conversation, am right I a vaccine scared boy? Yeah. Okay, here's my <laughs> call. Ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear here's it. my vaccine call. Wait, can we do a survey real quick? Who's have a vaccine scared boy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely a vaccine scared boy. I don't get them. I have. I have never had a flu shot. I've never had the flu. Joe? Yeah. No, never. Never had the flu. True. Okay. Never had a flu shot. Never had the flu. I must have had one as a Pro-vax. kid. Pro-vaxxer. Pro-vaxxer. I'm pretty sure there's an epidemic going on right now. I'm a pro-vaxxer right here. Okay? Three of us are not a part of it. I'm a pro-vaxxer. Pro-vaxxer. I'm a pro-vaxxer. Look, dude, I don't get a flu shot. I get shot. Poe's going to get his shot. We're all getting shot. <laughs> you didn't tell me he was a pro-vaxxer before you invited him. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. He's a box of chocolates. Nah, but dude, think of it this way. Like, all right, so I... Grew up rolling around in the dirt, licking the dirt. I'm the man. I'm good to go. I don't need fucking vaccines. Sometimes I get caught in a warehouse at like 8 a.m. Like holding on to a dusty mesothelioma covered pipe. I'm good. My immune system is ridiculously heavy. If you're beat, if you're sitting at home like a super kinder care nerd and you're like stuck in your house 24-7 and your parents are helicoptering you and every time you want to go to Johnny's house, you got to take your simple cord and every time you got to leave Johnny's house, you got to put in your gas mask and every time you go from school to the fucking playground, you got to make sure you got your fucking knee pads up. Yeah, you're going to get fucking everything. Okay. You're going to catch everything. I agree. All right. But you know who the provac, you know who should be provaxers? Niggas who don't got food and fucking shit, dude. You go to fucking Africa. If there's 80,000 people dying from mm-hmm. Ebola, chances are a vaccine's the move. No, now Same listen. way with the GMO call. Like when everybody you, tells I me like, oh, dude, you can't eat GMOs. Yeah, man. I make mad fucking money. I don't eat GMOs, okay? I can go to Whole Foods on my time off with my rich fucking bitch ass and go buy some Ezekiel bread and some fucking Giovanni and get myself a little bit of apple cider vinegar and a little bit of fucking a little a little, a little what's that a little spirulina a little Corolla and make sure that my my water is fully pH and I'll be clear to go and I'm good to go. But you know what? You catch me in the middle of the fucking Sahara. These little part of my French. These little niggas need GMO corn, bro. They are dying. They have waistlines the size of my ankle. If they don't have GMOs, they don't have shit. So it's they the same see, way that it's a blanket conversation for me. You cannot be like, oh, vaccines are wrong. GMOs are wrong. No. They're right for some people and they're wrong for others. We have the ability to not need GMOs. So let's eat right. We'll live to 190 yeah. fucking five. I can agree exactly. with a lot of this. Yeah. Generalizations for the most part are pretty stupid. Exactly. Because everything yeah. is case specific. Things change. Polio. Polio was a big fucking deal. Not anymore. All of a sudden, not a big fucking deal. Exactly. But things change as well. Like the amount of mercury that you put inside of it. Then. Precisely. And so, yeah. Like you said, blanket conversation. How do they feed cows corn and they can't give corn to starving kids? No, that's you just know, the dumbest like, thing. It's the it dumbest makes sense. thing in the world. They're they wasting more money growing cows. grass and feeding cows than they are feeding people. Yeah. What is that? Well, industrial agriculture like, for the most yo, part. I think of shit angry. like this. You know how Tesla, uh, Elon Musk sent the Tesla to Mars? No, you can call him Tesla. You know oh, wait, 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 wait. Can we pull up the fake fucking photo? Of the dude hold cruising it. in his roadster? Uh, yeah, hold on. Can we just discuss just, that photo? I'm just saying. We don't even need you, you can bring that up. Put it on the screen and we'll discuss it while we, look. we have new technology. Hold on a second. Let's yeah, use get to use it. But, <laughs> but like, whatever, how much, what does that cost? Like a couple million to send a car to Mars? What if you just bought kids 
food with that instead well, of... Well, I think that's another like, part of the argument. If I could play devil's advocate like every second of my life, you can't put the expense of somebody's astrological dreams on the whim because you think it's their responsibility to go after child hunger. Like everybody, there's, there's plenty of people out there with millions of dollars. So well, Elon, all right, Musk, fine. So, Elon Musk is really into space, right? He thinks yeah. that that's the next frontier. If he's so afraid that this planet's going to be destroyed and we can't inhabit it, his idea is that let me use space travel to find a way to get somewhere that we can inhabit. So you can't really chop him out of the knees and you. say, you know, dude, bro, you're not, you could give all that money to food. All right, well, yeah, once you give all that money to food, that's great. I've done that. It's a cool thing that I did. Mm -hmm. But that's almost to a certain extent the old age oddage of if you give a man a fish, he's going to eat. But no, you no. teach a man right. to fucking fly to the moon, he can live for the next 3,000 centuries. Better, a better, a better <laughs> example. So, so, so since that's a private company, what about just the government, like NASA, like, or yeah. anything, like, a government is paying for this shit. Yeah, agreed. You Period. Agreed. Right. Like, I think that the budgets, the same way that we spend $745 trillion on b bombs that we're not using is the same way we should just be spending, I don't know, 25 cents on a, on, on, on a little juicy juice for a nigga who don't got one. Like, it's not that complicated. No, priorities are definitely Priorities are the problem. But I, I will refer back a, to the picture on the screen. You got to... Uh, I will speak not, as someone who's a salaried employee to use Adobe Photoshop they can't every see day it. of my life. They can't see that. Oh, excellent. You, you got to switch it to Imagine, the other one. Oh. Remember, you got to switch it because it's just us on OBS. You got to click uh, the one below it. It's not on the screen, but it's on the computer. I'm on Twitch. I'm on Twitch. Oh, you clicked that one. Oh, my bad. All right. So, yeah, it's there. You could just make it full screen. He's on Twitch. Just make that like full screen or whatever. Oh, you're talking about Elon Musk's, uh, he yeah. put Matthew McConaughey in a Porsche Boxster and threw him off onto the moon? <laughs> what is that? I don't know, man. That does not look real to me. That looks like the same textbook picture of the Earth that I've seen since I'm five yeah, years old. It doesn't look real to you. We really managed to touch on Flat Earth every single episode. You think not today, episodes. I'll bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about that shit. You we we, are, we you, just did. That card looks like a painting. No, and I'm not a pro flat earther. I'm just the pro. That's that's not really a fucking car and spacer. Jesus, dude. Dude, the way Look, I see it, yo, don't donate money to me. I'm gonna go ahead and launch a rocket to space, and then I'm gonna rewind the same footage backwards to show you that it landed, and I'm gonna slap a Tesla Roadster in front of a marble. Dude, that's clearly Marty McFly. This is like a Back to the Future, like edit, retake, dude. I'm not even really concerned about this picture. That to is honest, so crazy. To be honest, it's kind of these kind of discussion points where it's like. Or I look at you for eight seconds and go, we're really looking at this nigga in a car in front of the moon, dude. Like, we really, really? Because clearly, either A, it was the most worthless experiment ever, and congratulations, two thumbs up to you and your Porsche Roadster in the moon. Or B, hey, dickhead, I'm not stupid, that's a picture. It's true. You know, so it's like, we might as well be fighting if the Holocaust is real or not. It's just, it's just an unnecessary like, discussion. I feel like... Because it was real, and that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Illuminati hey, scared boy. So I feel like the government and like people like Drake will be like, let's just see, let's just see, let's just, just see, wait, like, wait, what, wait, wait, let's wait, just wait, see wait. what we could get them to believe. Like, oh, yo, try and fit this line into your song and see if you get everyone singing it. Like shit like that. I feel like that's what they do with their friends. Like they just sit around and smoke and like, yo, what if we got everyone to say like, what's some stupid ass Drake line? Like something. 
My mom you only live once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. See if like YOLO catches on. Like everyone starts saying YOLO. You think you could do that? I love how you just yeah. you package the, the government and Same. Drake. Yeah, they're together. <laughs> they're packaged too, dude. I mean, they're Bilderberg boys. It's amazing. <laughs> Drake, Bieber, fucking Trump. <laughs> no, not Trump's. I don't even think Trump's in on it. I think he's just Trump's just getting yeah, duped left yeah. and right. <laughs> they just tell Trump what to do, and Trump's he, a stooge. He's trumping. Yeah, all day, always trumping. Oh, Trumpy. Where? How do we get onto this topic? Where were we in a timeline? We, were we on a timeline? I don't think we were on much of a timeline. No timeline. I love the candle, by the way. It's a great touch. Yeah, man. Now it's coming together. We Jamie, gotta... pull up a picture of a young candle for the kid. I want to see it <laughs> glittering like a Yule log. <laughs> Well, let's get on a timeline then. Yeah, put me on a timeline. What are you trying to hear? What are you trying you to grew hear? up uh, out here? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up on Long Island, Huntington, North Shore, Gold Coast boy. Um, I grew up around white people my whole life as a young black man. <laughs> um, it was a really interesting life to live. It was cool, you know. I went through that little period of uh, being what the, what the hoodmans would tell me. I'm an Oreo. Um, and then I slowly got confidence. I was like, no, that's, that's dumb. I'm not an Oreo. I'm just a human being. Um, and then when I was out of college, I mean, when I was out of high school, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to this party school in upstate New York where they get real drunk and have fun and do drugs. And that was called SUNY Cortland. So I went there for a year. Uh, I failed out miserably with like under one GPA. Question. Like a 0.87 or something. Was the, the first, because when I went to college, my first semester crushed it. Went into my second semester. I got this. Didn't have this. Did you just fail from the beginning and just... No, first semester I had a 0.87, second semester I had like a 1.2 and they kicked me out. Beautiful. Yeah, super beautiful. All I did was get drunk and drink 230 racks with two homies a day, just just get wrecked. It was so 18 of me. So I did that, I failed out, I came back home, I was like, whatever, college is for losers, I'm going to be an all-star superstar international DJ, I'm going to travel the world and be the man, I'm going to make mad loot, just playing the dopest beats and no one's ever going to have to tell me anything. So then I was doing that for a while, managing the Toys R Us, going to Summit Community College, failing out, just like totally not down to do it. Just like traveling the country, going to different music festivals, selling illicit things, just like thinking I was a man. Um, and eventually, I was like, all right, what am I? I'm 21, I think I need to do something. So I quit my little job at Toys R Us. I was a manager of a Toys R Us out in Long Talk. Uh, I went, I got, it was actually, wow, now I think back on it, that was crazy. I applied to my dad's alma mater down in Atlanta called Morehouse College. It's an all-black men's school. And uh, I applied, like, somewhere early December mm-hmm. and got accepted, like, early January and had to just, like, flip up my whole life and get in the car and get down there for the second semester halfway through January. So it was a very quick, immediate flip that I was not expecting, but it was really cool because it really submerged me in a completely new life that I'd never been a part of. Like I said, I grew up Gold Coast, Long Island. I grew up around a lot of ritzy, great stuff, very comfortable life, living in a good bubble. And then I went down to uh, what the kids call the trap. And I lived down there for four, you know, three and a half years. Um, I didn't go down there with any credit, so I had to bust my ass to get back to stage one. And I lived in what was called West End Atlanta, the trap, the bluff, if you will. Um, I had a student housing that was across the street from Crack House. Um, there's a large man across the ha- across the street. All the neighborhood Crack House would call him Diesel. Yeah. But, uh, so you, how long were you across the street from a Crack House for? Three and a half years. How was it? Were Incredible. you running into some trouble? No, it was awesome. It was, just, it was really, dude, because this is it was it was cultural submersion and something I'd never seen. 
So I'm a big guy, so that's something that is kind of blessed. I saw a lot of people get robbed. I saw a lot of people get hung, like, you know, you know, jacked at gunpoint. I saw stuck cars get stolen, different stuff like that. But because I was so close to the actual flashpoint of all the action, I kind of just became a neighbor versus like a mark, if you will, or like a potential, mm-hmm. a potential, yeah. you know, a potential fuck over. Yeah, yeah. So that we had, we had like two kind of garrisons of troops, if you will, <laughs> down the block, like three houses down. We had the young boys. They were all like 16 to 18. They were bloods. They were, uh, their parents didn't really give a shit. They had a huge treasure chest, Fortnite style, just full of guns. <laughs> like a, a, ch- a chest full of guns in their house of all like old school guns, new guns, just whatever they could find from the streets. And they would just walk around my neighborhood robbing anybody who didn't seem fit. And then, like I said, I had the guys across the street who were older heads, OGs, if you will. And they uh, they held down the same block, but they sold all the drugs. And young kids didn't sell the drugs because they knew they were stepping on territory if they did. They just did robberies and whatnot. So I was actually, um, what you could you could almost say like a, like a driver for the guy across the street because whenever his customers would come through, he was a big guy. If you look at me, I'm six four, about three twenty. This nigga, man, this nigga name was Diesel. He was like six five, like four hundred. <laughs> four dude. This guy made me look like a child. Dwarf, yeah. And the funniest part is he had this really high Atlanta voice. He had a real high Southern voice. So, like, whenever all of his customers would come through, Diesel would always get real loud with him. Like, hey, nigga, take me up the street. I got to go get a sack. Take me up the street. I got to go get a sack. And, like, he would just demand people to do stuff for him because he was that guy on the corner and everyone respected him. But for some reason, he would, like, I think it was my New York license plate. He respected my New York plate. He respected the school hustle. And he respected just me not really being too involved in that, but also not walking around, like, looking scared. Like, I never walked out of my house, like, checking my shoulders and shit. Yeah. I was always just like, this is my neighborhood. This is where I live. I'm going to walk down the street like an average person. Yeah. So he would actually walk out of his house and put on this funny little customer line of what? Hey, yo, big. And he would scream across the street at me. Hey, yo, big. Hey, yo, big. Mind you, this dude's gigantic. <laughs> Way bigger than me. But hey, still, that's the only name he's got for me because I'm not giving him my legal. Dude, he's like a cartoon character. Dude, he literally is. He would, I, I'll be in my bedroom, like, doing homework or playing video games or smoking weed or something. And, like, it'll be annoying, but I'm like, fuck it, I'll do it. And I'll just hear across the street, hey, yo, big. Hey, hey, yo, big. And I would run out and I'd walk outside and there he was just sitting there by my whip like, you can run me up to Sale Street right quick. I'd be like, yeah, bro. But here's the cool part is his girlfriend told me that he would never pay anybody. He would demand all these crackheads to go pick up his stuff and he would give free rides and this and that. But when it came down to me, he would always be like, I'll throw you $10. Just give me a ride. I really appreciate it. This, that, and the third. And like we had like this funny little mutual respect for each other. Yeah. But it Wait, was so, did it you was, know what you were getting into? Very much so. I knew exactly what I was doing. I'm not stupid. But it's worth the ten bucks. I mean, no, it's not worth the ten bucks. It's worth the community relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's worth the camaraderie and the community relationship. And literally, I was the only person it's on that. Kratom, enjoy. <laughs> Bro, that's how I took it the first time. I'll I tell was you the that. only person on that block with a car. So he was yeah. like, dude, if you can get You're me to Sale Street, like that's the move. You're right across the street. I can be back in five and flipping the sacks quickly. <laughs> so it was just a crazy thing to be involved in in terms of the city. But at the same time, the original reason I went there was to get in touch with my African-American roots by going to an all-black men's school. And I did that. I got that, exactly what I needed from going there. I became more in touch with myself. I figured out what I wanted to do with my business degree. I actually excelled really well in school. I graduated uh, summa cum laude, business departmental honors, all that nonsense bullshit. And um, my department wanted me to go to like the traditional corporate spots. My, my, my mm-hmm. school was known for grooming young, intelligent black men to go to, to high 
you know, high-end jobs throughout Wall Street and the financial sector and the private sector. So they really, they really had us groomed to try to end up at Moody's and Goldman Sachs and Deloitte and all those big hitters. And uh, I had problems with that because that's just not something that aligns with my personal values. Although, like I said, I do want to have a life in which I gain profit. Mm-hmm. So I ended up at that job I told you about, B-Lab, working with sustainable businesses who were proving their impactfulness on uh, their constituencies, whether it be their stakeholders, their employees, their communities, their environments. And that was a cool job for, for 11 months. But I wasn't really with that fucking Huntington, Long Island to Manhattan commute, hour and 20 minutes in, hour and 20 minutes home. So I did that for about 12 months, finally figured out this new gig with uh with my buddy Evan, and I've been cruising ever since, just nice living on the North Shore, golfing, doing my little PR, living with my doggy, living with my lady, just... So you're gonna, you think you're settling down domestic life now? Yeah, definitely. I don't know the words they use. My interns got me cracked up, so I always say girlfriend. And then um, I had an intern. He was like, yeah, my partner's in town. So yeah. actually, I assumed he was gay. I was like, all right, yeah, you're gay. You got a partner in town. Oh, dope. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Enjoy it. And then <laughs> another intern is like, yeah, my partner's in town. Me and her are going. I was like, that's weird. Why you call her a partner? Is he not his girlfriend? I don't know. Another intern, they're like, yeah, no, me and my partner just got a dog. She's so cute. And I'm realizing, like, are all these all young kids just saying partner? I was like, girlfriend not allowed anymore <laughs> and it's like so, not it's like not i go so apparently wow. i was gonna say cool yes anymore? i am getting accustomed to domesticated life with my partner <laughs> yeah. i ain't no faggot though bro she's a girl she's my girlfriend and we're gonna get married like two guys and girls bro wow. I, I, I ain't no fucking gay guy bro she's 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 my partner but she's a girl what's the <laughs> what's next are you you think you're gonna stay here Never leaving Long Island. I've had yeah. so many thoughts about leaving and trying new places, no. maybe staying in Atlanta. But between my DJ stuff in Brooklyn and my passion for house music there and then my ability to play golf whenever I want up the street from my house, all the friends I grew up with, uh, the emotions I have in this town. You know, I've went through a lot in this town in the past half half decade or so, a lot of ups and downs. And uh, I can never really see myself leaving. My best friend just had a baby. Um, I got a lot of people here I care about. We had a big tragedy this summer where there's a lot of folks that, you know, I really want to stay close to and stick around because we all kind of need each other. Uh, so I just can never see myself leaving, man. It's my home. I love the access I have to Brooklyn, Manhattan. I love the access I have to the beaches. I love Mm -hmm. the fact that I can get in my car and go the fuck wherever I want, whenever I please. And yeah, it's a little jaded, but I like my little house on the hill where I can't be fucking bothered by anybody. I feel you, dude. I think of it as, like, because I love it here, too, but I think of it as I'm not leaving forever, you know? Mm-hmm. I could come back. You can come back, yeah. yeah. So, Have you ever left the island for an extended period? Extended period? I mean, nah, not more than three weeks. Okay. Yeah, no. But you have, right? I have. Over. Carolina, I live also in the Carolina, Carolides. And uh, <laughs> it's actually my mother's name. Carolides. Carolides. Her name was Carolides, yeah. Carolides. Um, Where'd and yeah, I know. I guess maybe that just gave me the perspective to realize how awesome Long Island is. Like, you literally have so many things here. It's a reason why it's one of yeah. the most desirable places to live. Yeah, yeah. Living out in Montauk, probably that's a spot. Maybe or actually, no. You're not near the city. I think like nah. The farthest I'll go is yeah. Western Suffolk or Eastern Suffolk. Like no, yeah. The farthest I'll go is Western Suffolk, like where I am, Huntington, that borderline of Nassau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm never gonna leave the twenty. The 20 minutes of conference I've grown up in. Try yeah. to so much. It's weird. As soon as you move out of East, you're just like 45 minutes becomes a 10-minute car ride. You just get used to it. Yeah. yeah, I, don't yeah, yeah. I don't know about 
Come on down to Corum, bro. Bring some of Must that, be that heroin. Trap I don't you know. Picked up. Maybe that. Maybe that heroin's making your time fly by. But I can't fuck with no Corum life. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Liz? We got Liz chilling with us now too. Hey, Liz. Who's Liz? Where's Liz? She, who's Liz? She's in Twitch. She's. She said, "What up, Joe?" Oh, what up, Liz? What up, Liz? How you doing, Joe? Liz? Hey. <laughs> so, let's get back on the timeline. Actually, we might be done with the timeline. You said, "Now I'm here." Now you're here. Yeah, now I'm here. But I mean, there's so many things. I don't know. He's What's a, your he's plan? He's got a good life. He lives in a like, castle in the are woods. You, are you staying with this company? You, you think yeah, long term? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty much partnered out at this point. We're building it up from the ground up. We're only getting bigger. Like I said, when I signed on, we had six clients. Now we got five times that. We had three clients. I was a third client manager. Now we got seven. You know, we had no part-timers. Now we got like 15, 16 different part-timers and interns. You know, we used to just only do cannabis. Now we do other sustainable industries. So it just keeps growing. We do different services for folks. We used to just only do the PR. Now we manage newsletters. We manage social media accounts. We do a lot of stuff. So it's really starting to take off. We've got a lot of different departments Yeah. under like the original umbrella we started. So I don't see myself going anywhere from this company. Um, I'm getting into real estate recently too because my boss is in real estate. My, pop, my pops is working in... My pops is a social worker at a middle school for like 30 years but we've got money that we work with in real estate so uh between my my, my relaxed job and just living a kind of cool comfortable life and then the roi i'm looking at from real estate and just you know mutual funds and investments like that i'm not really trying to do much else for the rest of my life you think of starting your own shit maybe one day no 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 i used to think about that but at the end of the day i i my freedom Give I'm up. like doing my own shit right now to mm-hmm. a certain extent. The way that my job is set up, I'm doing my own shit. I am my own boss to a certain extent. Like, yeah, I answer to a person, but I answer to him in a very collaborative way. Like, there mm-hmm. is no... I've never once had to go to Evan and be like, hey, man, like, is it okay, blank? Or do you yeah. think, blank? Or like, my bad, blank. But it's always just constructive conversation. It's always like... Like I can take off when I want. I can go where I want. I can delegate. You have a level people. of trust and competency. And, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's on a, the same page. It's a good deal. I was the first full time employee they hired at, on W two. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm ingrained. In Which there. is a great place to be because you take on an entire slew of work when you own a business. Yeah, I'm not trying to be that. I'm not trying to be running around the ninety hours away just being that guy. I thought about it plenty times in my life because I do have what what folks would call intrinsic leadership qualities. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can use those without working within being a business. Fit. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I could even be like the PR director, um, board directors, and some other stuff. Who knows? Yeah, where are you going? I don't know. A couple of things in the pipeline. Oh, who knows? Actually, that meeting's tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Wait. So, oh, you got some. You're not uh, talking about it? Next week. Who yeah. knows? I said. <laughs> <laughs> cannabis. Cool, it's cannabis, right? We don't say medical. We don't say marijuana. That's it's not. That's, it's no, not I say pot, weed, swag, burn trees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but like in the in the in the industry, like they like to say cannabis, right? Pot trees. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, no. Yeah, cannabis is is the phrase yeah. when I speak to reporters and shit. But yeah, yeah. Because I feel like marijuana is like a slang term from Mexico, right? Well, marijuana is that, and it's also a very outdated, not an outdated term because you can't say it. it's a definition of the plant. It's mm. what it is. It's called marijuana. But most of the legislation you see and anything that you'll see that is anti-pot, it'll be M-A-R-I-H-A-U-A-N-A, marijuana. And that's when you know mm-hmm. someone's out of touch and angry with it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think the technical name is like cannabis sativa, cannabis indica. Uh-huh. 
marijuana. <coughs> I don't know if it actually has ties to the same plant. No. It does. But that's just what it's called. Marijuana. It's just called not marijuana. Go it's, a, it's an ugly word. Marijuana. Marijuana. It reminds me of mama It's two right? steps from what was the one? Mesothelioma. Mesothelioma. <laughs> I was thinking, so you were saying, I don't know why this just popped in my head because you were saying marijuana, but back before, if the reason weed's not legal, cannabis, is because the government won't let it because of uh, the industry, the uh Big Pharma. Big Pharma, yeah. Mm. Couldn't Big Pharma just come out with their own weed company, though, and just take over everything? Absolutely. Yeah, they've tried. Marlboro's already tried to start yeah. this 20-pack joint thing where they're selling joints. But the problem is it's still not federally legal. So, but I'm saying like blatant, it, But that's... We're talking some Putin-level yeah. blatant corruption <laughs> to be like, well, guys, weed was illegal until we found out that... Pfizer can make a billion joints, so it's legal now. Like, that's, that's so, so they're gonna just keep going steady, state by state. And yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a really interesting thing too because I work with, I do consulting for an organic landscaper. He has an herb garden. He grows all kinds of medicinal herbs, and he literally tells me he's like, people pay, spray pesticides in their backyards to get rid of what they call weeds, and they literally have an entire apothecary, right, of, of things that, that things can save for you. you. And they're in abundance, and you can't put a price tag on things that are in abundance. You can't regulate. You can't really sell things that are in abundance. I use a beer. It's a weed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got anyone over there? Jamie. Hey, yo, young Jamie. Jamie, get the. No. Hold on. We hold on. Let me go. You gotta be Jamie. Young Jamie. Jamie. Check the fridge. Hey, yo, Alex. Jamie. Young Jamie. Young Alex. Jamie, bro. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna act like we got a young Jamie on the scene. We need an intern. We need another intern. Anything that shines, it's in a green bottle. I'm good. Let me see. I'm gonna tell these kids because I'm working with this company. These kids called they call the Movers with a Z, and like they just like they're helping out a lot because they just like the the show, the idea, and stuff. Right. So they're saying they could get me an intern. I'm going to call him on it and be like, check my stream. We're talking about you. <laughs> Matt. I'll make it happen, baby. So what do you guys think about all these morons who uh, refuse to believe that they've been hassled by the old Kremlin? Say that one more time. Which what do you think about these morons who f refuse to believe that they've been finagled by the Kremlin? Mm -hmm. I don't know what you mean, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> elaborate. So how the Russians, uh, fully, mm. how Mueller found out that the Russians were fully in on both sides of the election. That's amazing. And they were toying with the Democrats and the uh, Trump boys. At the end, after the election, mid-November, it says in the findings I read, there was evidence that not only did they organize a pro-Trump rally in Manhattan in November... On the same day, they organized the rally that all of you are very familiar with, the Not My President rally, mm -hmm. and literally put two I, different I saw factions this. against you each other. Earlier today. I yeah, two saw different it. factions against each other. Amazing. Oh, wait. Via Russian collusion. Yeah, wait. We got a... So Liz is saying, last... There was a This Is Now video a few days ago. Now This? Oh, Now This. My bad. It's talking about how cannabis is the proper term and marijuana is a racist term with a background and shit from when the federal government illegalized it. So yeah, it's from propaganda ages. Yeah, but now this weed. <laughs> if 
Oh, this is horrible. So now the Swede is really not that reliable. And this is the worst thing I could say because they're one of my closest contacts. But they're not that reliable. They just put up whatever you want. But that is true. But for the future, Liz, I'll let you know. When you see anything from now this weed, uh, try to double, st- try to double, triple back chat that. And, with and a Snopes, bit of Snopes doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you got to Snopes, Snopes these days, though. You do got to double Snope. But no, marijuana does come from uh, abolition style. I think pro- it has prohibition style days. There's some back when you would run in the speakeasy and say, "Hey, this reefer's got you all having sex with the blackies. You got to get out of here, whiteies." <laughs> yeah. That's where it came from, bro. Did you know there was a story about a uh, a young jazz musician who got arrested and put in jail for thirty five years because he got a young white woman high and they had sex together and they said that he fully raped her. They were just dating, and they got high, and they had sex. They're like, nah, dude, you gave her that devil's lettuce, and now you put her under your crazy Negro spell, and you're going to jail. <laughs> Negro spell? Isn't that wild? Oh, man. It's the jazz hands. You guys keep talking. I got to change something. All right, I'm going to drink this here, bro. Look, it says relationship advice with Monica, because that's what I had the other day. The other, the other day. <laughs> the last time we went on, it was under uh, Pokemon. No, no. Now, I'm just saying this. We're talking cannabis. Oh, God, can we not? Can we talk anything about cannabis? This is all I do every day. So what are we talking? We're just talking with... We're just talking. Talking with Drew. Talking with Drew White, right? That's it. Seriously, I know it sounds horrible, but I talk about cannabis every day, all day. There we go. (laughs) That's why. You know something that was really funny when you were mentioning earlier about Diesel? Yelling your name through the uh, AB and the fact that you were inside of the house. Yeah, I've been to the hood a few times. I've lived close by, like when I lived in Carolina. Um, even when I bought my car in Brentwood, for some reason these houses have the worst insulation. That you could just hear. You could literally talk at, at at normal speaking voice, inside yeah. voice, and people can hear you from from inside no, the, the house. The first week I was in there, I was honestly scared, like hiding behind my bed frame because I would hear gunshots. And I would think, like, what if one of these bitches slipped through my wall? And that's my last semester ever. And they weren't gunshots. They were kids outside doing the pop, 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 pop things. And no, it was actually pop, gunshots. Pop, no, they, <laughs> were, they, were, they, were just, they were gunshots. They were just gunshots. That's all. <laughs> Dude, one time I was pulling out of the gas station, right? Get this. Me and my boy go to the gas station. We get two Dutches and a bottle of that Irish Red Rose, boy. <laughs> so we're pulling out of the gas station. My boy's got a charger. He's happy as fuck. He just got the charger like three weeks ago. We pull it out. We make a left. It was like 2009, 2008. Nah, bro. This is 2015. So he's pulling oh. out. He's pulling out. And uh, he gets. Put it in your mouth. We're, 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 we're driving on the street. Like we, we make one left. And I don't know where we hear the same. We, from the same parking lot, we just pulled out. And we just hear. And someone pulls out, whipping it. We look back like, oh shit, what's going on? Dude runs out of the quick stop, pulls a strap out of his back pocket, and just starts blasting at his own car. Somebody robbed his car from the gas tank while he was inside paying, and he ran out the quick stop, shooting his gun at his own Mustang. And I was like, yo, Marco, you need to turn this bitch around right now. That shit was insane. Another time I saw some straight up cops. Like, pure cops episode. I was driving from the... I guess I go to the liquor store a lot in Atlanta. There wasn't a lot to do. But yeah, I was driving from the liquor store. And I was coming to the street. And I just see this old-ass, like, 99 Lexus. I was going 40. This thing went by me, like, 95. I'm like, this dude is in a hurry. Jeez Louise. So I'm waiting at the red light. Next thing you know, three APD just zoom up. And zoom, zoom, zoom. Whip the left. I'm like, oh. I'm like, this is a 
Chase. Chase, this is so cool. This is so cool. I grew up so privileged. It's always those signature whips, too. The old Lexus. Old Lexus. Dude, the legend. Accura legends. Yep. Infamous. Infamous car rides. Yeah, dude. They were joyriding the whip heavy, but yeah. I don't know. There was a lot of crazy shit in Atlanta. It was a cool city to live in. You don't find those kinds of things here. Yeah, there was two sides of my explorative life. Like There was the young part where I was just like, Doing crazy psychedelics and going to all these music festivals and meeting crazy people and listening to sick crazy music, and then I was like, "All right, this is really fun. I'll keep doing that, but I'm also gonna go to the middle of the hood and see what that's like." <laughs> Get a full full spectrum. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah, I feel you. That's what life's all about, in my opinion, man. You gotta just take the time to put yourself in positions of uncomfort or discomfort, if you will, to open up your horizons and spread yourself, because like. The same way people want to like go over the edge and do that little one extra hit or take that one extra sniff or do that one extra hit to see if it'll put them there. It's the same reason you need to just go to fucking South Africa and go to Johannesburg and Mm -hmm. see what it's like when people have nothing or go to the fucking go down to Texas and go visit Westboro Baptist Church and see why the fuck these dudes are insane and Mm -hmm. maybe have a chat with them. Like that's why I love this new show on Vice Line, Hate Thy Neighbor, this dude Jamoli Maddox. He goes state by state and also internationally and just meets lunatic racist people. But he has such a indistinguishable profile that nobody can really pinpoint him and be sensitive to him. He's a bearded English light skinned black man who looks like he could be Muslim, black, half white. He's got an English accent. So he's fully indistinguishable. And he can walk into any setting and people will always give him a face. I'm like, I don't know what you are, but we're doing this interview for Vice, so it's fine. But literally, no matter what, they're pretty much always pointing at least some sort of finger at him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Buddhists are stupid. Well, I'm Buddhist. Oh, Muslims are stupid. Well, my uncle's a Muslim. Oh, well, blacks are stupid. Well, my dad's black. Well, whites are retarded. My mom's white. So no matter what. He's like the Milo uh, Yiannopoulos of racism, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like the reverse. Exactly. The reverse Milo. He had an episode with Milo and he's like, dude, no, you're shot. I'm out of here. But it's funny because he's just a comedian and he knows mm-hmm. he is and he's not a journalist. And the whole story, the whole show, the premise is based off of him going to these crazy rallies or going to either an anti-LGBTQ rally, uh, anti-immigration rally, all the way up to going out to like places in like the Eastern Europe where there's just like super anarchy just based off of we don't have anything so we're going to blame it on someone else. And he goes to these places and interviews them and gets the reasons behind why they're so upset and why they're so angry, mm. but also clearly shows an objective point of view in which he just never like freaks out and is like, wow, dude, you're insane. That's fucked up. But he's also waits until the last five minutes for them to ask him. Like, so what do you think, Jamali? Like, what do you think, man, now that you've been with us all week? And nine times out of 10, he's just like, yeah, you know, I don't agree with you and I would <laughs> never do that, but thanks for having me. Bye. And then he gets on a stand-up part and he's like, so guys, I met these people last week and they were fucking insane. And get this part. All week they told me they weren't insane. So it was really cool how they told me they weren't insane and all week I watched them be lunatics. And he'll just tell stories about these people. And it's a really interesting show because you just see a big part of human nature that you don't generally get to see because in my eyes from where I've grown up, people have stories about these people. Uh, well, people have always had problems, or I've always seen people know that the best place to be racist is at the dinner table with your three family members. And people, there's always, you know, pent up racism, and there, or there may not be, and there's plenty of people out there who are really good folks who just have no preconceived notions about anybody. Mm-hmm. 
But majority of the racism that we think doesn't exist or when, you know, these these young, foolish, ignorant people say, I don't see color or racism doesn't exist anymore. Mm. No, it exists. It just happens to be behind the closed door at the dinner table when no one else can hear it. Mm. And that's something that Jamali's been able to kind of infiltrate and, 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 and really get to the core of in this show, Hate Thy Neighbor, where he really just talks to people who are open enough and candid enough to be like, yeah, you know what? I do fucking hate gays. You know Why? Because they spread AIDS. And he looks at them like, that's interesting. You think that science proves it's not true. Thanks for your time. You know, so it's a really interesting show. It doesn't really? really have much bias. He's not like a piece of shit to them. He doesn't act like some liberal white left wing, like, you know, over the top. What do you, what do you think it is? Warrior. Do you think it's just like overwhelming hatred that consumes people or just pure ignorance? I think it's just a tribe mentality. I think people get so I think scared. That's the other I think thing it's, too. there's an ignorance that's tied into a tribe mentality in which people are scared of stuff they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're frightened of things they don't understand and they want to stick to things that are similar to them. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's just a tribe mentality that'll always be there, which will yeah. never erase people, racism. People want to be a part of something. That's it. They want to be I've a part I've lived of around white people my entire life. I also lived in North Carolina and majority of my roommates for five years were all black men from the South. Like straight up black guys. And what's the difference between a straight up black guy? And a black guy? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, black guy. Yeah. Um, oh, what up, man? Cultured. <laughs> what up? Yeah, man? and, yeah, and straight up, man. It's it's the same exact shit. Everybody wants to be a part of something, yeah. and, and we, oh. we find things that are you know similar, and that's rapport. It's basic rapport, but it's rapport nonetheless. It is, yeah. But that tribe mentality will always be there because there is mm. a degree of comfort. But there's also a degree of like if you grew up in the opposite, you're going to want to go find that comfort mm-hmm. elsewhere. It truly is like a man-made thing out of our minds, though. Because at the end of the day, we all came from the same thing, a black woman. Yeah, that's right. But look at that. So like, look at tribalism to that extent. I grew up around white people my whole life. I came from a black woman. I mm-hmm. love black women. My mm-hmm. aunts, my cousins, my mother. All of them are the most powerful people I've ever met. Some of them have gone through things I can never imagine going mm-hmm. through. Cue the fucked up part. Would I ever in my fucking life date a black woman? No, I love white women. Mm-hmm. I love them. <laughs> All right, I, I love them. And I, it's not because I think black I, women are hard. I love them. Black women are fucking incredible beings. They're some of the best yeah. beings on this planet. They fight through so much. They have so much tenacity. Mm-hmm. They have so much willpower. They have so much ability to go through shit that no one else goes through. But because of the tribe that I grew up around, when my little fucking dick got hard at 13, it was too little Becky. It wasn't to fucking Tanisha because I wasn't by Tanisha. And from 13 to 15, I saw Becky and I saw Kimmy and I saw Cassandra and they were all hot. And from 15 to 17, I still saw fucking Leah. He did that and I so saw, fast that we could go to high school with one girl named Becky, Cassandra, who was the third one. I didn't know. I didn't that was know, so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> at least a thousand people in this whole school, too. Not you one. You know, no, Cassandra. We had Cassie Lenton. Shout out Cassie Lenton oh, and Dan Tyson. Yeah, 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 down in Colorado. But no, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just your environment. I have nothing mm-hmm. against black women. I hate when I actually see black dudes on this on social media and shit. Yo, nothing, a black girl can't do shit for me, bro. A black bitch don't know shit. They ain't nothing but angry and mad. Shut the fuck up, bro. You came from that powerful woman. You're you just like other things. Mm-hmm. Now stop talking shit. Just stop talking shit because you're on TMZ. Suck a dick. You know, <laughs> it's like it's just get real, bro. We came from the most powerful being on the planet, the black woman. Stop talking shit. But yes, I grew up around white girls. Mm-hmm. I like that. They got these little perky little buds. They these nice faces. You know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's soft. They got soft skin. It's cool. It's true. If you want, I got ashy elbows. I know them bitches got ashy elbows. I don't want ashy elbows. White <laughs> girls they don't got ashy elbows. It's fine. It's whatever. Now I sound like one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey dog, black bitches ain't shit, bro. <laughs> 
But I re- that shit does boil my blood when you see a yeah. guy on Facebook or shit. They're like, yeah, you know, a black girl can't do nothing for me. They don't ever want to cook for nobody. All they want to do is complain. They always got something. Dude, you're just generalizing. Any, any generalization, yeah. you sound like retarded. Like you said before, yeah. Every generalization. Any generalization, you just sound ridiculous. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to all my white girls, the other shit. Shout out to all my black girls, the other shit. Or, but I can't be fucking shit. And my Latino girls, I love Latino girls. Nah, now I can go off the kill just scale. Fuck them, and they're crazy. They're lunatics. There's something amazing about them. Yeah, bipolar disorder. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Oh, yin and yang. <laughs> the yinzy and the yangzy. You brought up. I mean, are we ready to transition to another topic here? Dude, all day. How about? Your psychedelics have they changed you? You thought you brought them up before, big impact or just like a party kind of drug thing for you? Uh, now my older age they're just party drugs, but they were a huge impact for me when I was younger. Uh, psychedelics have to take them to the bigger place. You you can ask Alex, but I'm one to, I'm not one to get too deep into the metaphysics of psychedelics yeah. and the and the overall benefits of them, but I will co-sign them. Like mm-hmm. at this point in my life, yeah. pushing thirty, and the amount of psychedelics I've done, they open the mind. They have really good ways of giving you perspectives on things that you never possibly would have thought to think about. They give you really great ways. A lot, of, you know. I'm not gonna sit in my basement and do psychedelics. I normally do them in really cool places, so that generally leads to me meeting really cool people who are also there to do the same thing. If I'm sitting on top of a mountaintop in West Virginia and it's 110 degrees in the middle of Memorial Day weekend, and we all decide to sit under this baking sun on a hit of acid, I'm probably gonna meet some pretty interesting people. Mm-hmm. But in my older age, I've definitely noticed that they're just used for kind of tools and whatnot, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love them. They're great. I I, I could yeah. I, I could I could do without them. Life is beautiful in mm-hmm. itself. But there's yeah. also well, what's not a psychedelic? Well, pretty much everything you ingest it affects your mind. It yeah. changes. Well, you, you yeah. think about it, after you take the psychedelic, you just stand around walking around doing the same things you would normally do. Always. Well, not for me. See, that's the thing. Not for me. My, when I was introduced to psychedelics, I always used them as a catalyst for a bigger experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to see widespread panic in the middle of. Columbus, Ohio, and a crowd mm-hmm. of 70,000 people. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it's like to be submerged in a wave of human emotion mm-hmm. versus just like, yeah, dude, we watched Planet Earth yesterday and Jesse's fucking addict. No, it was I, nuts. I understand. But, you know, but, but, I, the, but the, there's both sides of that coin that are good because the same way where you can sit there and watch Planet Earth with Jesse in his, ba- in his bedroom for three hours and get nothing from it, <laughs> throw a little mushroom cap in there, you can go. A little something in those three hours. You can learn it's a little something true. about yourself. Yo, we got Watch Me Pawn Noobs in the chat. He said, Weekly Sit Down's The Buzz. That's Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> Shout out, Johnny. I don't he, know you, but it's The Buzz. He, Yo, Johnny uh, plays uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Hey, hey, get the treasure chest, Johnny. Yo, drop your ID. Oh, It's right here. Watch Me Pawn Noobs, yo. It's right here in the chat. That's what's up. Young he, Lulu the third. Come he, find me, baby. I'm out here getting these tactical grenades. I'm making boogie bombs go off. I'm dropping heavy tactical shotties. I'm strictly hitting gold ARs. I'm strictly busting off these sniper <laughs> rifles, kid. I can't build too great, but I'm down to duo. Let's How do you feel about the impulse grenades? You like that? Those are not my jams, really. Nah. I'm more of a boogie bomb guy. If I make a guy dance and I hit him in the head with a little headshot, it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. <laughs> you guys are funny. Social-wise. Oh, that's Tara, I think. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Tara. We uh. What is so you're you're not good at building yet. Have you been playing games your whole life? No, that's a funny part. So, (laughs) 
is this a story? It's deep. I mean, it's like we're getting weirdly deep because that question would not ever bring about this sort of a deep answer. This is so great. You met, you go, what do you think about psychic dogs? Yeah, you know, psychic dogs, you take, take them, they'll take them and show you things, they open your mind a little bit. <laughs> Fortnite question. Yeah, that's deep. Well, it's Hold not on. the, no, it's you not the Fortnite. You asked me if I played games. <laughs> yeah. So I had PlayStation when I was a kid. I had PlayStation 2. It was cool, but I was never like a gamer. Yeah. So when I got to college, I played a little bit, and I haven't had a. I bought the PlayStation and thanks Thanksgiving. I, like I said, never was an over the top big big gamer, but I was always I've always been a war enthusiast. I've always really liked war. Uh, you know everything from the Civil War to World War One, Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. World War Two, all the way up to the Korean Vietnam, all that, everything up to the Gulf War, pretty much, which just got hairy. And doesn't make sense. And you know it was always really fascinating to me. My grandfather was a first sergeant in the world in World War Two. He was a black. Uh, he was he was a part of a black regiment. Really? I used to yeah. I read his diary. Uh, he's oh, got wow. some extremely serious stories. You know, re- really heavy stuff that got me into war at a young age. Um, so circle back to the video game part. Over this summer, uh, July first, twenty seventeen, my best friend of ten years actually killed himself. Committed suicide. Um, a dear friend of a lot of people in our community, someone I love near and dear, and you know, really, really hurt me to my core. Um, still dealing with it to this day, but it's something that we're all working through. I actually found solace again in war documentaries. I was so upset and I was so fucked up just thinking about shit that I had no control over, and thinking about how fucked up my life was, thinking about how fucked up my friend's life was. That for some reason, when I would turn on the American Heroes channel and see these dudes, see these dudes just eating gruel in a fucking instant, trench for instant 20, perspective, instant perspective, just seeing these dudes eating uh-huh. gruel in a trench for thirty straight days with no water, with one hundred and ten degrees in the sun, wow. just trying to survive. Like it made a lot of perspective. Like, hey man, I lost my best friend, but I'm still here. I'm still alive. I mm-hmm. have food. I have family. My four brothers didn't get shot yesterday. Like, there's so many different th- <clears throat> there's so many different things that I could take into perspective and be grateful for, mm-hmm. and that <laughs> actually spurred up my love or my interest in checking out some more games. So I just went online like at 1 a.m. at night in bed, went on my phone and found a nice deal from B and H in the city. Shout out B and H Goods. They got the best deals on all your electronics you could ever need. They do it all wholesale. They do it all retail. It's just like you would go into the Wiz or you go to PC Riches, but you don't got to do none of that bullshit like Best Buy online. It's the best place ever, man. They gave me a PS4 refurbished, one terabyte, $279 with Call of Duty World War II. And then I bought a 55-inch flat screen TV from it. It was only like $49, uh, $490. It was a fucking steal. And you didn't get rid of the old one either, Little Brother TV. That's right. I got a Little Brother TV so I could play Fortnite on that one and watch golf. Or if my girlfriend wants to watch something, I could play video games on the other one. But yeah, it's crazy because it got deep there. But really, in so many words, my best friend killed himself. I got really deep back into war documentaries because I realized how heavy the world actually was before people got into petty shit. And uh, that actually put me on the video game tip. I bought the PlayStation, started playing Call of Duty World War II. And then another friend was like, yo, man, check out Fortnite. I downloaded it. I was like, this is lame as shit. I'm not a nerd. Bye. And then like three weeks later, I played it once, came in fifth place. And I was like, oh, I get it. I'm going to play this a lot now. (laughs) And uh, now here I am. That's awesome. Not a Fortnite god by any means. I was going to say, here I am, Fortnite god. Not true. Here I am, Fortnite novice, slowly learning. 
Very nice. Thank you, sir. I can vibe a lot on the whole getting perspective from your past and type things. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, Tara said, what's up with the candy canes? I don't know. We're don't festive. Know, you want one? We're festive. You want me to send you one? I'll send you one. Yeah. <laughs> Some people leave the tree up to to least it happens. This is my boy Johnny playing right now. Oh, yeah, nice. Johnny. How you doing, bro? Fatal Field. That's my favorite shit. Johnny. He's playing right now. Johnny, you gotta run. Johnny, you gotta run over to the towers and fa- you gotta get to Fatal Field, bro. Oh, they're. They oh, you're playing duos. No, they're playing squad. They oh. lost one. Oh, oh, they lost another one. He's by himself. Oh man, Johnny. Oh, uh, you quit. Wow. You get no respect, bro. No respect. I can't believe you just nah, said that, bro. I think it's like they got like a thing between each other. Like if we both die, then everyone has to quit. You know, like with the squads. Oh, wow. He can't go out and try and like solo it. Like no ability. I love watching my boys try to squat out. I like yeah. to take a couple bong rips and just chill while they clutch play. Clutch out. Yeah. Clutch yeah, out. What's up? Nah, no it. respect, Johnny. <laughs> 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 yeah, let me get some eyes. What do you need? You want some of those? A little Ottoman action. Oh, yeah. I could yeah. grab you something. If My you cheeks hurt. Oh, there we go. How about these socks? Those are nice socks. Yeah. Oh. Going back to what now you were saying. Now we're full again. What? No, he was, he was harping on, like, your grandfather and you're going into war and, like, what men had to yeah. do before they became Fucking these 2018 I, I versions the word, of men. There's a... Uh, there's a Greek word called philotimo, and it means when a Greek man leaves his house, he takes seven generations of his fathers, his father's father, his father's father's with them, and, and all the honor and everything that comes with that. And you remember where you came from. Men have progressively busted their ass less and less. Thank God. And yeah, I'm proud of it. Thank God. Um, to, to where we are Same here Same story we had the other day, me, you, and Ed talking about commuting. <laughs> so he's a quick one. The other day we were talking about commuting. <laughs> yeah. So I used to go to Manhattan all the time, and I'd ride this. To, you know, I'd ride the train for 12 straight months every day. So uh, Alex is telling me, "Hey, man, you know, I drive from, I drive from Corum all the way out to uh, Island Park every day. It's it's quite a trek, man. A hundred mile drive. So that's crazy, man. You don't gotta do that." He goes, "But you know what? I think about Eddie every time I take my drive." I think about Eddie. He's got to go from Queens to Jersey City. He's on the beach. Oh, he lives in Centerport again. He lives in Centerport again? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Eddie's driving Center- 170 Center- miles a day. You might as well live in, like, fucking Delaware, bro. I didn't know Eddie's out of Queens now. Dude, no, no. Centerport to Queens. I've done the role with him. He runs every single red light, like, <laughs> all oh the way to the LA. God. That makes the story even better. Yeah, yeah. So I just like, yeah, man, you know, Eddie does do this. He's beat. He has to drive three hours a day to there and then three hours home. So, like, I take that in perspective, and I remember, like, I don't, I shouldn't complain, blah, blah, blah. So, I was like, yeah, guys, I used to think like that, too. Like, I'd be on the train in Manhattan, and I'd be like, why am I complaining? I've only done this ride for five or six months. Meanwhile, I'm looking next to me, and fucking Myron Moynovitz has been on the same fucking train for, like, 33 years, and he's got not a single tear in his eye or any complaint. He's read the same New York Times every morning, same Wall Street Journal. He's doing his thing. Like, what do I have to complain about? So I got to sack up and just do this. So I kept doing it. And finally it clicked. Like, yo, fuck Myron. He's an idiot. He's been doing this for 30 years. What a moron. Like, why in God's name? He's the guy with the paper every single day. Yeah, the guy guy who I'm comparing myself to, like a jackass. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, well, if Myron can do it for 30 years, there's no way I can stretch it out for another... uh, Twenty nine. No, it's true. It's so just I like was if, like, dude, fuck that. Why am I comparing myself to you when my standards are something completely different? If Myron enjoys the train for thirty years, cheers on you, mate. Good on you. Look, and hats Not off me. to everybody who commutes on the Long Island Railroad. Seriously. My father had oral surgery every single weekend of my life growing up. Never complained. Long Island Railroad every fucking day. This fucking train. They stopped in Mineola. It just sat there. It sat there. They didn't say anything. 
Yeah, that's how it is, bro. These people. That's how it is, bro. These people just have some sort of wherewithal, and it's a part of that Long Island uh, exterior skin that people try to develop, mm-hmm. where nothing affects them. In New York, period, you know, nothing affects them. I'm the shit. I'm rough and tough. I can get through anything. And that's cool. That's fine. I believe I'm in that same boat. I do. Th- mm-hmm. I do know. I've tested myself. I can get through a lot of shit. I don't need any more tests, bro. I don't need you to test me every morning on the train. Mm-hmm. I passed that test. I'm done with it. You can consider it my MCATs. You can call me Dr. Work from Home. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my bad. Did you just see what he just did? He just took two out. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, out, you're crawling. All three of you are crawling. That's yo. so sad. Wow. He had two right there. Damn. That sucks. Oh, his whole squad died, too. This is amazing. Damn. I'm sorry, John. Whoever said we should put a TV on top of two chairs in, right. in the kitchen is... This is ridiculous. Genius. Like, this is the craziest <laughs> setup. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. It's also ghetto with the chairs, but, like, we no, need to... No, it's perfect. No, this is a true studio. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think if we put the TV up there? Where, you know, All mounted by family? Remove the family. Well, I figure. <laughs> yeah, we don't have no family. <laughs> we just have TVs everywhere. No, that would be dope. I also feel like that's an extremely permanent setup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Come back week next week. There's a false wall up right there. Right? <laughs> just box off the whole take up. Man sound insulation on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's what we need, actually. This would be a nice little nook if we cut it off. This is a very... You have a beautiful home. You do. You, you really sure do. do. When I pulled up, I was like, well, Alex's car's here, but... Uh, <laughs> is this it? Is this You're spot? not is on 21 Savage, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you grew up in the white neighborhood, you know. Yeah, so I know what it's all about, maybe. <laughs> Catch me over on Cobblestone Court. Meet me at Fraser Field. I'll kick your fucking ass. More like meet me at Fraser Field. Let's drink until we can't see. <laughs> this... This game has just become like a pastime for me. Fortnite? Yeah. Like yeah I, dude, I'll, I'll watch cash. people play instead of watching television or like I'll, just leave, it, <laughs> I'll leave it on in the background while I'm editing or something. Or doing now, anything. how can you do that though? How can you just put it on and spectate without joining the game? Wow. You go to Twitch and you just watch people play. Oh, oh true, 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 true. Like you never watch some, some of the best players, right? No, I do because I'll get killed by them and then just watch them. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just stay there and watch them because yeah. I'm like, yo, this dude is ridiculous. It's the same thing, really? yo. Twitch is the best. Yeah, like, if I get killed, like if I'm if if I get killed early by a guy who I could tell is like all suited so out. So you can kinda like pick stuff just, up? Not really, because it's really just it's not like you can pick up Every single person can do the exact same thing. You just got to have the controller dexterity to do mm-hmm. it as fast and as good as possible. Macro. What do you play on Xbox? No, I'm a PS4 boy because I have uh, self-respect. So you play. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you play with because PS4 plays with the PC people. Right? Do they? Yes, yeah, so really. The PC people are amazing they because rip. they, well, they no, dude, you can rip macro with a mouse and a keyboard. No, they rip game. macros, dude. I know. I didn't know that they played with PS4. I didn't know that. Yeah, so you're oh, in man. a tougher. I am in bracket. a tougher bracket for sure. Because yeah. some of these dudes, especially when I'm dude, I'll wait for five thirty to come around to make sure I can catch like <laughs> fucking Joe Schmo when he gets home from work and try to cap him. Because two fifteen in the afternoon, I'm getting no. worked by fucking Yutsatori Kachaguso and fucking <laughs> like dude, I'm getting worked by these kids. Same <laughs> thing. Like if you play late night, like, late, late night, dude, yeah. it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, is this shit? Is it headset enabled too? You can hear people talking to each other and stuff. If you want if to, you, I do all audio on my headset when Lauren. You know, sleep. I missed that entire generation of video game. I do all audio because Lauren will sleep in the other room and I can get like because you can hear footsteps, you can hear. Like people okay. get close shots. You feel it. You like feel you it. Really? So 
I I normally wear my headset. God, I'm such a herb now. I love it. I normally wear my headset because I want to make sure I can hear. Look like, at how good. many people yeah. are landing in this building. This is a free for all right just, now. Was that the original jump? Yeah, this is the first jump right now. But I heard if you buy a Ferrari seat for your house, they throw a headset in. He just he just commented and said, "I'm landing tilted to give you some action." Tilted towers is my shit. I was gonna say. Oh, oh here we go. What do you got? Oh. Ooh. That should have been a tactical headshot, Joe. Come on. John. John, come on. John. Tactical headshot. <laughs> John, this kid should just quit now. There's 80 people left. Give us another <laughs> drop. We don't want to watch. This is my <laughs> other friend, Doug. Oh, this is Doug who used to work for Vivint. Alex. Did you guys work at Vivint together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ooh, up? we took him out. You know, this is one of Cheech's best friends. Who? Oh, you're, the, you're, oh, yeah. yeah He's my best friend. Oh, dope, dude. Yep, he's I right. Got, he's I saw Nicaragua. Oh, nice hype. He's out of Nicaragua right now. Do, uh, do uh, volcano. Yo, I saw that. Yep, volcano boarding. Wow, this is a nice loot right here. He forgot <laughs> to leave me my fucking Earl. He's with it's Captain slow. Fortnite right now, too, right? Yeah, he's with my boy B Mac. Can I see a jewel? Yeah, dude. Cool. Anytime. Check it out, guys. I'm a vapor. Chappelle's tech. <laughs> yeah, I call, it, I call it the and Chappelle's the, uh, tech. Yeah. He was he down in his two, shit. Yeah. He was down to two life. And he brought it all the way back. What's he got? A med kit? Yeah, he got a med kit. Wow, beasting it. Score. Now he's 175. Beautiful. See, like, what if we did shit like this on the channel where, like, we make, like, our face. So we're just thinking out loud. Like, we make our faces. Like, right now, it looks like this is what everyone's seeing. They're seeing us and they're watching him play. Mm -hmm. So what if we just had it on in the background just for like side entertainment, but we talk about whatever we want. Totally. And just have it on on the side. Like we're camera one, the game is camera two. Yeah, that's what it is. That's That's what what it is right now. Camera one. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I feel like it's good because like if they get bored of what we're saying, they could watch Fortnite a little bit. <laughs> and, if, <laughs> and if they like what we're saying, they still get to watch Fortnite. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yo, this is a highly competitive game for sixty-two people being left. Yeah, now no. this is over Xbox. No, they're on PC. These kids. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is oh, PC. This is nerd bomber. Super nerd uh, bomber. You gotta take Iced, it out. These are these are Counter Strike crossovers. Yeah, Counter Strike right crossover. You Overwatch boys never have a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm like a. I'm a Call of Duty World War II boy, but okay. I moved on from that to the Fortnite recently. You know, and I like the change. It's a little more strategy. Yeah. It's cute. It's it, fun. The the main key is building. If you could build, you know, you're gonna do well. And I can't. And that's what you gotta get used to. Yeah, I gotta become a better builder. My uh, my gaming career was short and illustrious. <laughs> it went from Age of Empire to oh. Age of Empire Two. To Counter Strike. Excuse me, Rainbow Six. Okay. To Counter Strike. To EverQuest, mm. to drugs. <laughs> that, that was pretty much it. So you yeah. dipped on the video games. I could use some Deer Hunter right now. I was a big gamer. I played and just come through with Deer Hunter. Oh, God, <laughs> is Deer what Hunter the for? stickers inside of your face? <laughs> what was that game where on your wall like birds would fly around and you got Duck shoot? Hunter? Duck Hunter, yeah, yeah. Not anything like Deer Hunter. <laughs> Deer Hunter is just the comp- one of the shitty graphic computer games, right? No, Deer Hunter is a movie with Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, that I introduced to Alex with a head full of ketamine at 4 a.m. on my couch. That morning. didn't happen. I didn't take an Uber there in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, uh, what? Uh, no, Deer Hunter is a sick game that you can play at the arcade. and It's got the two guns. That's it. Yeah, bro. 
<laughs> I never play it. I just had the best idea in the world. I'm literally setting a reminder for three months from now. To Deer Hunter with Drew? No. Academy. Academy is cool. Nah, I don't know. I can't. Th- I can't mess with it. Then don't. <laughs> That's what I always say. I'm doing the right thing. If you can't mess with it, don't mess with it. That's what I say about them opiates. Man. Uh, dude, the first the first time I, I I got really silly. I was I looked at Joe. I'm like, you're like a shaman. He's like, no, I'm I'm like no, not like a gay shaman. Like a Jesus, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I was like, don't call me a shaman, bro. I hate that pseudo fucking oh. science bullshit. You better crawl, bro. He's he's getting lit. Tilted is where you like if you're going to tilted on a PC, you know, like you're you're going big time. That's wild. I don't know, man. Is he there's no way he's about to crawl to some sort of life. If he if he don't die here, it's big. Yeah. He's hiding hard. Is Diddy in the frame now? Uh I don't know. Let me see. I mean he could potion though. Oh my god, look at this. Yeah. Oh, they're both dead. Oh, where is Doug? Doug. Uh, oh, you guys are. Oh, close. he got him. That's his friend. Oh, really? Yeah, he saved him. Oh, it's like a superhero. He's gonna revive him. He's gonna revive him. Yeah, yeah. He's just helping. He's just building. I know. Wow. wow. Epic. Good angle. <laughs> <laughs> I want to revive you via your bunghole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Wow, that was pretty top notch. Now you better pull out that slurm juice, boy. Yeah, start slurping. That's funny. Yeah, so the Fortnite's over there. Yeah, I can sit here. This and watch is the new. This is the new shit. This is what people do. So I've been brainstorming people I want to have on. Right. I'll yeah. Run this one by you, Stephen. D'Angelis of the Angels. Definitely. Oh my God. Get the story of Steve from. So up I have in a Queens. mentor in my life. I know it's Stephen D'Angelis. Do you really? Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Great mentor in my life. Awesome guy. Honest. Truth man. Great guy. He's the mentor who never had a mentor. The mentorless mentor. And he became a mentor. Yeah. You'll meet him. Through his lack of mentorship. Correct. Wow. That's pretty dope. I'll meet him? Yeah. Wait. So what what does it take? What is a mentor? Like when do you become mentor level? When you take know. on a pupil? Well, I think anyone, we all mentor and inspire each other, but I think it's when you're able to show someone through the processes of life because you've been through it and really exactly it. duplicate it. duplicate that blueprint for somebody else and say, that's look, it. save yourself some fucking time. Or not duplicate, stuff. just provide them with the blueprint and see what they do with it. Because mm. I had three little ment- mentees in Atlanta, and one of them ended up at my college. The other two, one died, and the other was in a gang. So mm. they were all provided with the same framework. Mentees. I haven't heard that. That's the phrase. I like that. Mentees. That is the phrase. Cousin of the manatee. The mentee was... <laughs> break manatee. the silence. Lives deep, ben- deep beneath the gills of the mentor. <laughs> We've had literally, I'd say maybe like three seconds of dead air in the last hour and a half. Yeah, no. That's why it's nice to have Fortnite. You could just chill yeah. and just be like, watch this while we chill. That's what Twitch is all about. Like People, yeah. people just eat. On, on screen like it, they'll just eat and not talk and, and everyone's wow. in the chat going this is crazy I love you you know this platform is blowing up yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is all about it Drew did you know that let me get your two cents on Gary V oh, no no waiting. I want to hear it because we've been I having conversation. Wa- no 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 I've been waiting for you to ask that exact question excellent 
Fuck you, Gary V. We owe, whoa, you don't like Gary V. You Gary may that. potentially I'll be on this podcast. Uh, I don't give a fuck. What? I'll come over here and barstool sports rough and rowdy <laughs> that motherfucker if he comes through, dude. Gary V is the most pretentious, pompous, do nothing, make it something ass motherfucker I've ever seen, dude. The dude does everything. You know how easy it is to do everything? You know how many people fucking do everything and don't just go and scream at people about it? I have a fucking professor who is the vice president of hedge fund management for an entirety of Atlanta's Bank of America. Mm -hmm. This man drives around in a BMW 3 Series from 1999. He's literally worth $42 million. The kid won't buy his, the guy won't buy his kid Jordans because he says, the only thing that the world's trying to do is separate from paper, bro. The best thing he ever told me was that in life, you have three decisions. No one's ever going to tell you what the three decisions are or when they're going to come, but you won't know them until you've made them and you look back on them. You'll have three decisions. You won't know when they're coming, but once you make them, you'll realize they were extremely important. He was very vague and he made that on purpose because it's true. You don't know when they're coming. You don't know what they're going to be. But when you look back on them, you're like, oh shit, when I took that job back in 04, that was fucking huge and made a shift. Oh shit, when we moved in together back in 2012, that was actually huge. Oh shit, when I lost my house because I didn't do A, B, and C, that was a major part of my life. That was mm -hmm. the third crazy thing that happened that I didn't take the right decision. Or, you know, I did I decided not to go to LA. Decision number one. I'm not gonna be an actor. And now I decided to take this fucking job at uh Staples. Decision number two. I'm fucked. So there's oh there's 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 parts in your life where you have to make a decision. My problem with Gary Vee is that he is such a preacher that he has no problem getting on stage and going, hey, pal, this is what you're doing. This is what you have to do instead. And that kills me. I can't stand it. I think it works as long as the people believe what he's saying will be it because then it will work. If That's they, fair to me, you know but in my, like, I'm a little bit more of a jaded piece of shit when it comes to stuff like that. If you're that much of a lemming and you need somebody to come here and say, hey, pal, guess what? Follow your dreams and do stuff and don't be lazy. You're a fucking idiot. You know what's a really amazing though is I think he does come from a place of authenticity, but I I'm do also he believe that I don't, he is, I don't think he does. He he's is a natural asshole. born salesman. He's definitely playing an angle. He's played an angle that no one else does. He's the guy who wears beanies and says fucks and has a hundred million dollars. Yeah, he's a Scorpio too. He's crazy. He's a Ooh. scorpion. He'll bite scorpion. you in the back. He's a scorpion. He just thinks he knows everything. Thanks. That's it. He thinks he knows everything, and in my opinion, nobody, the, the ones that know the most, know they really don't know anything. So, I know it's fucking old school and been said a million times. Maybe if, you're going to love this one. Yeah. Can I segue to this? Okay. If Gary Vaynerchuk was a 75-year-old Anglo-Saxon man, his name would be Dan Penna, if we can put this guy on TV. Because you're going to fucking hate this guy. Wait, you want me to put him up? Dan Penna? Yeah, will. please. Put him up. He's gonna. He's, Johnny's not showing. If, us yo, you're gonna love Gary V after this. YouTube. I promise to call you when Gary V is in Joe's kitchen, yeah, so you can come over here. What's his name? Uh, Dan Penna. Yeah, this box is me not giving a fuck. Any of them? Oh, he was on Rogan. Was he on Rogan? Here, go to. Keep going down. I think he's worth like four fifty or something like that. There's one with his just the type in lecture, maybe. Oh yeah. I'm worth twelve hundred fifty dollars and I'm happier than that guy. Yeah, try the QLA. This one? Yeah. Who's this? Dinesh D'Souza. This guy literally just yells and curses at people. Just, I'd skip it some way into it. It's like an hour. Environment and talk and and, and we'll talk about. Mm -hmm.
change the way business information is disseminated on this planet. And if I can do it, coming from the background that I came from, then there's no doubt in my military or civilian mind that you can do it. One of my best friends who wasn't on that slide is Ruben Munoz, who's serving life for murder in Florida State Penitentiary. He's not going hard. This isn't what I want. He would not believe, he does not believe you the success to skip that through? I had because he knew me uh, as, as, go a to child, a as an adolescent. He can't begin Business to Business is sick with diarrhea and Dan Pena is KO pectate? <laughs> Yo, Dan explains why you're poor. The business success business is sick with diarrhea. Dude. Everybody understands diarrhea? Yes, well, thanks, Dan. I know what liquid shit out the butt is. Oh, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. I hate to get back on the same harbor, like, or even sound pompous and jaded, but, bro, if you really need to spend $120 for three sessions in a conference room in the middle of fucking Scottsdale for some herb to tell you what the back of his PowerPoint says about how you can change your life, just fucking go home, bro. Go to the library, read a book on self-confidence, fucking jerk one out, see if you can wake up with a new head and try again. Because if you need to go to Scottsdale, listen to this dickhead give you a PowerPoint from 88, ultimately, you're shot. Ultimately, big change does come from within and motivation is you're shot, it's your own thing. You're shot. I'm sorry. Go watch this. Follow the process to an intellectually bright guy who's an engineer. And see, you won't. You, you see, you'll figure out a better way. And he followed a stupid process that worked and has been working for 45 years. 20 What's this fucking five beta capital? When I was doing it, <clears throat> and 22 years since I've been coaching. And he called it. I, he wasn't trying to be insulting or anything. He says, I just decided to, to follow this, you know. How did you say it? Instead of trying to be smart, I would just try to be stupid, shut that part off of my brain, and just do it. And what happened? He did it. I'm just saying, this is clearly that symposium or conference that... Oh, absolutely. The head chapter of the Phi Beta Kappa. Let's talk about that. How much do you think each person in the room paid to be there? $375. What, you know? The guy's worth like $450 million. You will not believe... How many people in that room? Huh? How many people are in that room? You know, oh, like 15. 15 yeah. You realize... Like that, a G. Gary Vee is getting 10 racks for a one-day workshop. So, from how? Per, per person? Per person. Get the fuck out of here. See, this is why... Yeah, yeah. That's why I can't watch this shit. This is why I can't... This, this, he's this, not even uh, cursing or doing anything entertaining. I don't know. Maybe it's the wrong video. I don't, I don't even care. The fact that you just told me Gary Vee makes 10 k You have a motherfucking script that a fucking monkey can read. Here we go. That Alex wants a fucking case study. Because he wants to know the shit behind it. Because he's stupid. And that's why he's fucking poor. You don't need any motherfucking case studies. How many fucking times do I have to say? You have the fucking script. I said don't change a fucking word on the script. Not a comma. If it's got misspelled fucking words, send it out misspelled. Let Diddy out. <laughs> Thank you. The last thing you fucking need is a fucking case study. Hey, dude, say this fucking one more time. It's going to work really well. This is why the cocksuckers watching this on YouTube are so fucking poor. This are you fucking this kidding is, me? This is how you get 10 Seems like ahead. a happy guy. <laughs> All right, I got three reviews on that guy. His dick's the size of a thumbtack. He's got $450 million because he's ruined the lives of at least a thousand people. 
And last but not least, he can go fuck himself and bury himself in a fucking sewer because I can't see people like that. He's the first person that you ever put on the screen. And in conclusion, Gary V can also fucking sit on a stapler. (laughs) This is absurd. That dude really just told those people, give me 10 grand so I can scream at you mad loud and tell you you're all fucking poor. I'm literally thinking that Gary might have gotten his spiel from this guy. He's been doing it for 25 years. That guy's got no respect for anybody, huh? Well, guess what I got? No respect for him. It takes respect to you got to give it to get it. Respect, sir? Uh, yes. <laughs> you can't start I off trust respecting everyone. Not me personally. If you, I mean, hey, I'm a guest today. I'll tell you my opinion. Well, no, I think yeah, it, yeah. no. I don't. For me personally, you gotta earn it. Yeah, I don't just give that shit out. Really? I, I give. Yeah, no, I'm a big judgmental guy. So when I see somebody. I can judge you real quick and be like, I respect you. Okay. Really quick. But if I don't, yeah, you got to earn that shit. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but more times than not, although I'm a golden rule idealist. Because it's something that comes from within. I'm a golden rule idealist, but I'm not a golden rule realist. At the end of the day, okay. I'd like to treat others the way I wish they would treat me. I hope that every time someone walks up to me and they say, oh, look at this person that I have no preconceived notions about. Here's my non-existent opinion. I'd love to talk to them and make one. I don't think that's how it happens. <laughs> and I just don't think that's how it happens. Because I know when I see some people, I'll be like, oh, wow, this seems like a nice guy. Other times I'll be like, wow, this person should probably stay with about 10 feet away from me at all times. I don't want to talk to them or hear what I think you're, just, you're honest, but you're respectful. I'm respectful, but I'm honest. Yeah, dude. And I also don't like to waste people's time on my mm-hmm. own. I'm going to waste my time bullshitting you, acting like I like you, or that I'm interested in learning about you if I don't. like, There's so many other things I could do in that five minutes, maybe. And maybe mm-hmm. that makes me less of an approachable person. Maybe that makes me less of a a, a, a savant or a renaissance man or people who can who, who can interact with folks and, and you know interchange. Yeah, I'm personable. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm able to chat, but I'm not wasting my time. I think you may be so respectful. That you don't even realize how respectful you are. Because <laughs> you are up. friends with all different walks of life of people. Yeah. I don't see you going around prejudging people and stuff like that. I, I don't. I try not to. But if I do get a judgment of you rather quickly, I try my best to solidify it with some fact as quickly as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're starting off respecting everyone then? Yeah, to a certain extent. So, is respect earned? I think trust is earned. I think it's the other way around. I think, what if, what if, like, you trust everyone, no matter what, 100% when you first meet them, no matter what? Mm-hmm. They say, they, meaning Alan Watts, says, if you do that, they will sense how much you trust them and give that same trust back to you, mm-hmm. like 75% of the time. And then you, from the, the 25% who lose your trust, then it's like you use the, the uh, Bronx Tale lesson that we all learned, mm-hmm. it only cost you whatever amount it did to know to that this him. is not a guy that yeah. you're going to have mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, yeah. There's two sides to that, I think, because I agree with that to a certain extent, for mm-hmm. sure. But I also know through personal experience that that percentage breakdown is a little uneven. And I would probably say it's more like 50-50 than 75-25, mm-hmm. to okay. be honest. Mm-hmm. I, if that was my only edit to that call, yeah, it would be that it's really a 50-50 and that your judgment is the part that sways it to either go 25 on mm-hmm. one side or 25 on the other. Mm-hmm. Because I met plenty of people where I'm like, yeah, I can trust that guy. I should trust that guy. He seems trustworthy from face value. And it's just bitten me in the ass. 
um, whether it's microscopically bitten in the ass or severely bitten in the ass, it has. You know, so with that being said, it's almost like you have to use your own judgment to see which way the the middle percentage will actually end, where you're going to push that mean. You're going to push it more towards, you know, more people are trustworthy or more people aren't. And I think that's dependent on each person's personal experience. Case by case, no case blanket statements, case. no generalization. Yeah. Case by case and also more so person by person as far as how they react and work with people. Because there's plenty of folks out there. I have plenty of friends and acquaintances that I know who do not know how to properly interact with someone for the first time and just are not good at it, if mm-hmm. you will. And they might walk away leaving a bad first impression or they may mm-hmm. improperly perceive someone else's first impression. Oh, mm-hmm. that guy was an asshole. He was a real piece of shit. Well, what did he do before he came to you? What did that man do today before you met him at 4.30 p.m.? And how was he after you were with him? And, you know, what, was he chilling at his house, just smoking a bond? He said, yeah, I'll go see, I'll meet this guy. I'm about to get mm-hmm. Or did he literally just get off the LIE for an hour and a half, bumper to bumper traffic? Mm-hmm. These things, you know, yield different results in people's minds and, and, you know, mindsets, if you will. And that has to be accounted for. So I think that's one thing that people kind of take for granted in terms of everyday interactions. It's that you really need to consider the point of view that a person's bringing to the table before you go ahead and judge them. Mm-hmm. I learned that a lot from my brother. My brother always seems cold, but I always know that he's actually probably just going Because you know how to read song. him, because you know exactly. how he yeah, is. But it took me a while, mm-hmm. many years, probably 10 years of my young life from like 17 to 28 or 27, and being like, dude, what's up? Why are you always an ass? And him being like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yo, no, I, I, I know a guy that I work with who has like a straight poker face. I'm like, you're all right, man. I'm like, I'm fine. They just yeah, exactly. It's just him <laughs> going to uh, what Joe was talking about with um, the fact that like when you bring it to the table, it's kind of reciprocated. I think the big thing with that is also with like with self love. When when you have love for yourself, when you're in that mode, people know that you're safe to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, you say that about me. They know that you're loving. Yeah, you're a nice guy. No, but I mean like even more so deeply, like people can find comfort in seeing genuine. Correct. Like traits in a person and, and seeing a genuine light, if you will. Correct. And and, and and that plants a seed and you might not see it right away. You might uh-huh. be like, oh, that guy's a jaded asshole. At least I'm still cool with me. And yeah, he's cool. Exactly. But maybe five years from now, he's like, that guy was so fucking cool. Yeah. What was his deal? You know? <laughs> yeah. See, I do part. know. I do know. There's a wonderful thing in this world. It's called life. There's so much sh- stuff that goes into this. <clears throat> so the audio was bad for a little. They just told me. They said it was echoing, but I think I just fixed it. Be sure to listen to the playback featured on iTunes, SoundCloud, <laughs> and iTunes and SoundCloud. Yeah, on there it's perfect, but on here it, it was just echoing. But I think I fixed it. It maybe it came from the caverns of my nose. I think we're good now. I think we're all set. How long have we been on for? She said, yeah, it's fixed. I think like an hour and a half. Hour and a half? Something like that. I'm good for two. What do you... I'm good for two. What do you got? Like, What's like one... I guess there isn't one, but like a policy that you live by, like a rule, like a certain thing. Morals, I guess. Like your main thing you live by. Like You have a golden rule. It's, It's... I used to have like... Like a philosophy. Right. I used to have really altruistic golden rules that I thought were true, that I thought were mine. Um, 
Yeah, I always used to think like, you know, you got to just, there, there's a higher power and there's a higher consciousness in this world that we all have to try to attune ourselves to. And I think, I still do think this partially and I still do agree with my own like mindset from many years just growing up thinking about the world. But yeah, like I said, I always thought that there was some sort of definite truth in there being an, a righteous higher power not a god not a jesus not a demigod but uh a, a spiritual essence in the air that we could all trust was at least mm -hmm. trying to push us in the proper direction and i've kind of strayed from that although i still believe it my new core tenets and once again going back on what kind of really has affected me the most in my life ever maybe one of the first big things that's happened to me my best friend killing himself mm -hmm. I've really now noticed that my life is really about focusing on the people that I care about most and making sure they know I care about them, but also that I take the time. Because something that I've always had a problem with is taking the time to communicate with people I love. Yeah, me too. I've, I've always had a problem with that. My mother's always pissed, always gotten mad at me because I don't call the right time. And it, it, I blame you, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Because mm -hmm. my dad's a great father. We've had it. I've lived with him my whole life. My mom lived 30 mm -hmm. minutes away in Amityville. It wasn't bad. But my dad could fucking, I could leave the house on Tuesday. And it wasn't like he was some deadbeat dad. He was a great dad. Did everything for me, you know, great house, great school district, gave me everything I ever needed. But he trusted me as a growing boy in the world with like a big body and a big brain. He was like, dude, what, it's th Thursday? All right, see you Sunday. And like, that was my life. <laughs> like, he, he gave me freedoms that a lot of people didn't have. Or if they did have them, they might have turned into heroin addicts and shit. But he saw that I was like a bright kid. He knew that I could kind of like get into the world and not be too, get away unscathed. So like leaving that kind of, I don't know how to put it, but that kind of mindset that was instilled in me from my, from my dad of like being free and having the abilities kind of took away from my kind of necessity to, to, to know that people deserve to feel wanted and deserve to feel communicated with and deserve to feel loved. So even my brother, my brother grew up pretty helicoptered under my mom and he's 42 years old. But him and my mom talk every single day. They are always in contact. She always wants to call him and hear about what's going on in Florida. He lives down in Jacksonville for the past 11 years. He always wants to hear about what she's doing, this and that. And it's just not in my nature. I've never been that type of person to just hop on the phone and bullshit for 30 minutes just to catch up. To the point where now I'm like my dad where I write calendar invites at the end of the month in my phone to be like, call your aunt. Call your mother. Mm -hmm. Call your uncle. Say hi and just listen to whatever the fuck they have to say and be done with it. And it's not that it's a burden. It's not that I don't like to hear from them. It just doesn't fucking cross my mind. No. And over the last like 20 years of my life, it's been so hard for me to explain to my family members and loved ones, yo, I don't hate you. I don't not like you. It truly just never crosses my mind. It isn't malicious. It isn't. It, it, there's no ill intent. I just don't have the bone in my body to be like, oh, hey. Let me pull up the phone. Hey, Siri, call Aunt Cindy. Then let's chat for an hour. Like, it just doesn't yeah. cross my mind. And now in the years, and now since Miles passed, I've oh, I've had a very, I'll go out of my way. Like, actually, he lives in Quorum now. But like, I'll, if I think, if I look at my phone, I haven't talked to Alex in three weeks, four weeks. I know. Let me shoot Alex a text. Mm -hmm. I got to see how Alex is doing. Let's go to see what's up. I'll call buddies that I, you know, I'll hang out with on the regular, but I don't call them unless I'm hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. I've changed that now. I have a buddy, Sean Klein, he lives in Brooklyn. I talk to him all the time. You know, we hang out whenever we see each other, but we don't really communicate on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I made it a point to call him like every two weeks and just call him. I know he works in a studio. He has crazy hours, so I know he's a lot. 
He's home a lot in the afternoons. I'll just call him and just shoot the shit. The same way I watched my old ass dad call old friends and shoot the shit. I'm like, why are they doing that? It's because you need to stay in touch with people and feel that connectedness that you worked so hard over the years to get. Mm-hmm. So that's something that is now my, to answer your question, is now my new kind of moral tenet is I stay on top of my close friends. I stay on top of my buddy Bono. I always hit him up every fucking day. He works from home. I work from home. Every day, even if it's annoying, I hit him up. What are you out doing today? You got some free time. Do you want to just bullshit and hang? If not, that's totally cool. We both mm-hmm. got our own lives, but I'm going to at least hit you up. You know, Do you, gotta, are you doing it out of like I have to hit him up? Because, no, or you want to? I right? want to, but I'm. Just, but so it's, it's different. There's something changed. I, I understand what you're saying. It's like the, the love has always been there. I have to now is that I have to express my love. It's not that I have to call just to get through the hassle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that I have to recognize that I need to take an effort to express my love because the love's always been there. The it's desire. A, it's innate. And the That's worst part it's... is is that social media shit is because I'm always feeling like I'm knowing what I'm knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I know you want to pull to Kana. Oh, I saw you did that kayak thing trip. Oh, I saw you and your family. Yeah, I saw it's your like cousin you almost got married. Don't need you to. already don't. I don't need yeah. to check in with you because yeah. I know your cousin had her baby. I know your fucking brother just got married. I know you just got back from Texas. I saw the pictures from Mardi Gras. I know you and your girlfriend are about to get engaged. There's nothing you yeah. can update me it's that true. I don't know. There's yeah, but nothing now- you can update me with that I don't know. So it's like I have to go out of my way to at least show. Yeah. Hey, I've been caring. I still care, but let's at least chat about those things. Real yeah, quick. yeah. Now it's like. Uh, Yo, I saw you went to Nicaragua. How was How it? How was it? You know, yeah. what did you think of it? Dude, yeah, the craziest yeah. part is like that's still an empty question. I can watch six. I can look through sixty pictures of your trip to Nicaragua I know how it was. and know exactly how much you enjoyed it, exactly what you did, and how fun. But it's like, let me at least go through the pomp and circumstance yeah. of giving the effort, yeah. and that's what it is. It's not showing face. It's not feeling the need to be like, ugh, let me call him. It's the fact that I know that I care about these people. And it's for me more than it is for them. It's for me to say I deserve mm-hmm. a true relationship in which I feel passionate enough to call someone and check them out. And that's it. That's something I've been and pushing really hard. And you like really the hard. same for you, I'm sure. Like paying people hit you up. I like, don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah you, well, you like. know what? I, I really, you know, I mean, and I don't want to sound like, oh, dude, I'm so cool. I don't care who calls me, who doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But like, 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 I know. And that's the same reason why I don't think I used to call people because I know people do their shit. I know that when someone gets like. I'm so easygoing when it comes to people giving me a call. Like I don't have a crazy schedule. I don't need you to call me last week to see what's up for next week. If you call me right now, if Alex calls me at 2 p.m. this afternoon, he's like, I'm in Huntington. Nine out of ten times, I'm like, cool. See you wherever you want to see me. Like, I'm here. We can meet there. It doesn't matter. Like, my, my shit's open like that. So when I say I don't get worried about people calling me or I don't want or, you know, I, yes. I hope to see it reciprocated, but I don't. It's more that. I just know that love's there. Mm-hmm. And I know those people that care about me. And I know those who are probably just acquaintances and don't and whatnot. And I don't need the validation, but I know that it's, good it's right of me to give that validation Absolutely. because it's only fair to show people that you love. And I guess maybe I just feel a little more in touch with that overall general essence I talked about before of the general spirit of the, the universe, oneness. the oneness of the universe that I know my people care about me. Dude, my best friend fucking died last summer. And at, if I didn't know at that point that everybody cared about me, I damn sure found out soon thereafter because everybody at the fucking woodwork wasn't well, hit me up with generic like, hey, sorry to hear. They were really like, dude, my, I know Miles went a lot to you, bro. I'm so yeah. sorry. Like, you know, you feel that love in the air. So I don't I don't I don't have an overarching need to get that reciprocative love, mm. but I know it's there. You know what it is too, is you're in a good place right now. Yeah. In a great place right now. And sometimes the world gets really dark and it gets really weird. And sometimes just reaching out to that person and just 
the smallest thing yeah. is huge. And we know it's there when we're surrounded by it, when we're feeling all this love and the world's working with us. Yeah. We're in the flow. But then sometimes it's not like that. And I've been on the high, I've been on the low. It's kind of my shtick. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's kind of my shtick. And yeah, you, it's, it's, it's a smart thing to get to that, that point because I'll be in a room with people I've known for 20 years and we're hanging out. I don't have to say a fucking word to you. You're there. I'm there. We're just chilling. We're doing yeah. our thing. Sleep chilling. Um, sleep chilling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, literally last Saturday, 100 milligrams worth of edibles deep, big mama wanna shot. And I'm sitting there with Eddie and Drew. And, uh, They're at my house. I got to go out to a concert with my dad Sunday night. It's like four o'clock. I'm going at like six. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm playing some video games. I'm getting a little tired. I look over. They're both just sitting. Like, he sees oh. me. Pull, <laughs> he sees me pull up the ottoman. He's like, so you guys just gonna sit there and sleep chill? <laughs> sleep chill, aka nap together. No, you know. Yo, I'm just sleep chilling. I'm just like sleeping. sleeping. I'm like sleep. Chilly. Yeah. <laughs> you could bash the idea, you know, to take the L and then go get the telly and the city <laughs> and then do the Zans and the perks and the coke. Gross. <laughs> oh, yo, you Gross. said before uh, you were talking like how um, it seemed like you were anti-animal uh, death. Are you vegetarian? Do you still eat meat? Or? Where the fuck did I say it? I don't know. You were saying like in China they eat animals. Oh, and they no, kill animals no, no, no. It's a crazy two-sided story. Like yeah, that you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Like no, he eats fake GMO. animals. just not dogs and cats and shit, dude. Yeah, no. It's a, it's a funny, cool side story. <laughs> yeah. So like, no, I'm not pro-animal like that. I eat, I'll eat venison, giraffe, zebra, crocodile, ostrich. I've eaten it all. Literally. Elk. And, and you ate giraffe? Giraffe, zebra, lion. Where in Africa? Cro- yeah, South Africa. Giraffe, zebra, lion, antelope. Uh, crocodile, ostrich, emu. What? The, how do you eat a lion? <laughs> Off a spit. Ashamed. Before the lion eats you. <laughs> I will, can you explain the time you ate lion? I want to hear that. That's I mean, we story. went to a restaurant in Johannesburg. Oh, it was, it was a called, restaurant? It was called I Carnivore. Wish you, I wish you opened with this. <laughs> yeah. It was a restaurant called Carnivore in South Africa. And all they did was serve wild game animals on huge on huge spits, like an Ar- Argentinian steakhouse. And they come out with the spit, and they shave off the meat, and they shave off full cuts. And you just like an Argentinian steakhouse, you eat until you die. And wow. then you flip the card, you're Whoa. done. Yeah, it was it was it was it was some top notch shit. But no, I'm not anti anti animal death. I'm just pro responsible animal death. I don't want to see guys hunt just to throw throw mm-hmm. throw a buckhead on the wall. I want to see a guy hunt. And eat every inch of his meat, use his fur to make a coat, use his sinew to make a, a rope, and use his guts to make a decorative lampshade. But I don't want to see some dude just chop off a lion's head and put it on a wall just so he can make his dick feel hard. Like, that just makes no sense to me. But, like, my girlfriend's a vegetarian. Yeah. And it's fucking stupid. Because we need, we need, we need mixed up. And certain body archetypes can't operate without certain set dietary needs mm. and like yeah there are plant-based proteins i'm not saying there aren't i'm not saying there aren't responsible ways to supplement those foods but like i said there are ven- many body archetypes that will not function without certain levels of iron provided from meat-based proteins Ooh, dude you got to go back and watch the last podcast we had with uh matt blackburn yeah it destroyed me on the whole like paleo like, <laughs> like i used to be a vegan he's like listen He's like bone broth, blue green algae, same amino acids. What? He's like <laughs> iron. Psh. He's you don't like need it. antagonized by calcium. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, eh. 
But I, I mean, I went on a vegetarian diet. It was incredibly beneficial to me. I went on a vegan diet, a raw vegan diet. It was great for me until I was six foot two, weighed 142 pounds. Yeah, man. It wasn't a good look. I'm not saying I'm a But did boy. you do everything? I was the machinist. But you don't yeah. think like maybe you could have done it differently where you would have been still the right weight? I mean, dude, I was doing it all. I'm just saying like, I don't know. You know what? I could have I could have had a lot more. I should have added animal products into my diet. I should have had more eggs. I should have had more ghee or cultured butter because I personally, like he was talking about different body types, I do a lot better on fat and protein in my diet, mostly fat and protein. Keto boy. Exactly. Where some people can kind of graze more. And what like, was you know, your thing? I'm thyroid. Were you? I was adrenal. And what's the other one? So apparently there's this typing, and you can tell by someone's hands if this finger is longer than this finger. If it's conjoined on both hands, you can tell what they are. Yeah. Um, my, I'm a thyroid because my thought, my uh, this ring finger is taller than my pointer, but yeah. he's the opposite. So if both of your rings, is that what it is? If your pointers are the longest, then you're a fat and protein boy. You're an adrenal type. Same thing with the other hand. Are they both oh. the same? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you are. So you're he's you. But yeah. You're me. I mean, I've been on that only off of studies of myself. Like, I went mm-hmm. vegetarian for a while. And, dude, I felt horrible. Like, I would mm-hmm. wake up and, do, and like, I went past the hump phase, too. You know, where mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm just acclimating. I was eating really good plant-based stuff. I was eating really, like, lean norm, doing really well in terms of, like, you know, really heavy, strong green drinks in the morning. Mm-hmm. All the best minerals and stuff I would need. Pretty hearty lunch and then, like, a light dinner that was worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But, dude... So is that just, why I'm not, fine with it? What you said? Is that why I'm cool with it? Yeah. Like because maybe. I'm the opposite hand thing? You know what? Dude, <laughs> I think hand, I think ultimately it's your, your diet is like your religion. It's like it's your so sexual personal. preference. It's your yeah. it's your fucking spiel, bro. It's your journey. It's so personal. It really is in my opinion. And and like I don't eat fucking great by any means, but I also know that it, I can't be fucking eating just sprouts all day, mm-hmm. bro. I can't. I can't. I've tried it. I can't. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a big bacon guy? Some people go crazy for bacon. It's like, it, it, bacon's good. Yeah. Bacon's I'm not, great. I'm but not, I'm not, not going to sit here and fucking jerk off on Facebook for three hours. I know. Bacon like, oh, videos. bacon. Bacon See, name. Me and my buddy Kyle Demuro, shout out Kyle, my colleague, the best guy. We have these same discussions about fucking avocado, dude. Like, avocado is fire. It's mm. great. It's yummy. Mm-hmm. It's got its purpose. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you just pervert it into every single food on the planet. Just Put it just on your face. You know, yeah, dude, I just made a new avocado dick wrap. Like, cool. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound delicious. No, trust me. It's great. <laughs> yeah. For me, I I, I just switched because uh, I didn't like the animals. You know, you watch a documentary and you're like, yeah, uh, what the hell? If you watch that shit, you're just like, bro. But that's why I like sustainable killing. Like, if you can go out and mm-hmm. shoot events. So, factory and, farming, you're of course that yeah. that's Dude, honestly, if you can go, we agree on that? If you go deep oh, into no, it, no, yeah, no, no, fuck factory farming. Dude, dude I'll go, hold on. I'll go, go even deeper to, to the fact that I disagree with most of the practices that I probably support. I'm just not willful enough to be like, eh. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't like bombs either, but you know, they get, they get dropped. Yeah, or guns and we still like buy guns. Sure. Gun, you know, guns they just... I don't. I hate guns, yo. They you hate, hate guns. You ever go to a shooting range? Uh, I guess you have, right? Uh, you've been in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. been one in South Africa. I went to one and like I just couldn't even do it. I was just really? like, this feels so That's weird to me that really? I can't even shoot. Like I didn't do it. 
Wow. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Because it was so loud and just right. like so like abrasive, fast and yeah. like, oh, like it's aggressive power. and like power. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like this is scary to me. So like, I, I took a little bit of a different approach. I was outside of the outskirts of Greenville, North Carolina at my... With an illegal pistol, right? No, totally legal. My friend Brooks, um, now husband at the time, was in the military for 10 years You have or so. a husband named Brooks? Huh? You have a husband named Brooks? <laughs> I just said my friend Brooks' husband. Oh, I heard my friend Brooks. My, my former husband Brooks, my partner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was in the military infantry for like 10 years. And he took us out to his father's farm, like 10, 15 miles outside of town. And literally a bucket full of garbage, old VCR tapes and stuff like that. We set them up. My first move was like the lethal weapon move where you run and then you jump sideways and then you fire off the gun. <laughs> and I did it. I shot it like three times. I was like, that was sick. And I get up. He's like, don't ever fucking do that. <laughs> I didn't know. That's very dangerous. Yeah, it was really bad. M. Metz. Is this Maddie Mutz? Who is this? And he says, do you guys know who Logic is? Yeah, I know Logic. He's got that oh. good spit. Yeah. He's talking about suicide recently. He won a Grammy for a suicide prevention song he Ooh, put out. Alessia Cara, yeah. He's a smart little guy. He's I, got a, I like him. He's a recluse. I've seen a lot of his stuff, the way he hangs out with his wife. You know, a lot of these rappers are like, yeah, bro, I'm out here popping these dance. I'm out here at the club. We out here with these bitches. We eating these mollies. Logic's like, dude, I'm at home playing Super Smash Bros. with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cool cat. Now, <laughs> I heard there was a good chance he's going to be at Mission Underground this summer with uh, Bobby G. Team backpack. Wow, yeah. my boy's yeah. a volunteer at that. And he's yeah. dropping a single tonight, he said. Not even much. Oh, yeah? Dropping a single, Logic. What's Ooh. he dropping? What's it called? Reason? I'm a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Illogical. That'll be an album name for him. Illogical at one yeah. point. And then I'll call it Illogically Matic. You got me thinking Super Smash Brothers right now, too. Wow. We... I'm only thinking Fortnite, kid. <laughs> Could we ever? Is that a thing? Could we hook up Smash to this somehow? Can and we like, play Super Smash Brothers for everybody to see uh, Wowie yeah. Podcast? That's a whole lot of new wires. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could pull that off if we thought <laughs> about like, Thanks, everyone, for coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We could do that, I think, like have a Mario Party sesh. Oh, yeah. And just... You see our faces in the corner. Those were my first were nice, nightless, like sleepless nights in life were Mario Party nights. Uh-uh, Goldeneye. He's made, oh yeah! It's called Forty Four More. It's a sequel to Forty Four Bars. Oh uh, word! Yeah, I'm just gonna go home and listen to techno and do ketamine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I feel you. Ketamine. Oh, kratom! I wanted to tell my kratom story. Kratom. 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 So I got. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to bed. No. I got. Uh, Peeing is for the weak, my friend. I kind of got drugged once, so I was at my friend's house. Been there. And. Uh, <laughs> I was I was at my friend's house and he's like, "Yo, you guys want some tea?" And he made some kratom out at the time, but I didn't know. Kratom. And he made a big ass glass of it, and I just drank it all down. No. He's like, "This is greens, not tea. Greens, you know, the greens, the you yeah, made with water. yeah, nature's oxycodone. Keep yeah. going." <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I took it all down, and uh, he, at, right after, he's like, "That was kratom." And I, or crowd him. What a fucking asshole. And it was Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, Johnny. He got me and his girlfriend. And uh, we next thing I know, like, we're in his bed, and I'm just, like, seeing, like... That's not cool. Like, you can't just be dosing people on. Yeah, man, you want some nerds? I dosed him in acid. Have fun. Fuck and you for 30 hours. We, we all just pass out. Me, him, and his girlfriend on the bed. 
And then, oh no, just me and her passed out. And then he was like playing video games or watching Netflix. And and I ha- I remember like while I'm in this daze, like, oh, I got a podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up and I just head home. Once I get home, the guest is there with the co-host and like, yo, what's going on? Before I even say anything, I just throw up everywhere. <laughs> and, and they're like, Yo, what's up? <laughs> yeah, exact, before I even say hello to the guy. And then he's like, Yo, are you all right? And I'm like, Yeah, let's just go do this. <laughs> we come in here. I, I like use every ounce of energy I have to set it up so it starts recording. And then I pass out like this. <laughs> yeah. the, the entire podcast just now, them two talked it's an alternative <laughs> for like pain medicine and stuff right it's hell bro I, I'm never doing that again it's a herbal supplement that can be used Dude, that's the thing there's mad un, un, unfounded claims because of FDA and CDC but pretty much it's a it's an herb that you can use for relaxation um, for the use of comfort in terms of withdrawing from opioids and then it's also a stimulant if used in the proper dosages mm. the problem is there's many different types of dosages that come about with different effects and in my opinion it's just far too volatile of a substance to just be like yeah use this for a b c d and e and like the worst part is i'm saying this live on this web on this podcast to 33 million people across the united states and my clients probably listening to me right now like mm. wait a minute bro you're supposed to be a crime advocate <laughs> well New Slash, bro. Kratom's fucking weird, and I don't like you, but I'm going to keep working for you. I promise. It's Obi didn't hear that. What is it? Yeah. It's just a plant, right? It's just a plant. It's an herbal supplement from uh, Southeast Asia. That's really interesting that you mentioned that. It helps people get off opioids and stuff like that's that. That's what it's for, yeah. Well, okay. no, that's not what it's for, but they're starting to push the discussion in that direction. I forgot yeah. what it was. I was researching. That, that, that means you were watching YouTube. Or Google. <laughs> so I was doing some researching, and I came across this, this guy who has a new theory on addiction and things like that. And he talked about, you guys ever been to the hospital before? Hospital? Yeah. Like a procedure or anything like that? No. You get morphine? No. Yeah. So morphine is... Not uh, morphine, but... I've gotten some analgesics. Okay. Morphine itself is like diheroin. Yeah. Is what it's called. It's Super 10 times stronger than street heroin. They give it to people every single day in the hospital. They leave the hospital. They don't go, I got to get me some of that morphine. No, it doesn't go down like that. Um, and so he kind of talks about how it's it's a state of mind thing that gets people addicted to a substance. Uh, likewise, like in Vietnam, everyone was smoking opium, doing heroin. Like ninety five percent of the people there, but they also came home addicted to heroin. Majority of them, like over 90 percent, went completely clean when they left hell and came back to Narnia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, which was so, really I mean, where are those numbers from, bro? Because eighty ninety. Jamie, pull that shit up, from bro. YouTube, Just call me out. I don't know about those numbers, kid, because there was a huge epidemic of actual veterans coming home. Especially in urban areas, severely affected mm-hmm. with PTSD, continuing heroin well into the eighties. Let me see. So pull that shit up, Jamie. But because now, I'm think about calling. How, I understand. Boom, 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 boom. Think about how many people actually went to Vietnam. No, no, no. That's one yeah. thing that will support your fact is that a lot of them probably just came home like, yeah, I gotta kick the dope. I got too much shit to worry about. Like, yo, and kid. not only that, but think about all the ones that were just ridiculed for going and going to war. Oh yeah, they came home more ridiculed, which even sucks. Dude, veterans need help. Fucking need a board of directors, right? <laughs> oh man. Kratom gang, Kratom gang, Kratom, Kratom, Kratom gang. Is it Dr. Kratom? 
My name is Dr. Crab. Can you leave it on mute and we do the voice and then play it back normal? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you don't want to hear what he's saying? No, I, not yet. Actually, yeah, I'll hear what he's saying. Yeah. I don't know, Alex. I'll let you in. Yeah, this is it right See? here, man. This is the stuff. You take it? Look, look here, doctors. I know you all think you're medical professionals, but listen. Look, this is Kratom. It comes on a golden bag. This golden bag is full of anything you really need. Look, audience. If you've ever had a problem with a headache, nausea, insomnia, indigestion, a weak bank account, a small credit score, or any sort of problem mortgaging or financing a house, Kratom is your answer. I mean, look at this, folks. Look at you, sir, in the red tie. Yeah, you look happy. I know you want to get your hands on some of this Kratom. Is there any way you could try it out in the audience? Well, sir, I don't know the studies I've seen. Show me that Kratom clearly has uh, properties similar to opioids. And I've had a son named Michael Anthony who lives in my basement. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait stop. <laughs> don't, don't, sir, leave sir, Michael sir, Anthony out of this. This is not an opioid, sir. I want you to clearly know that we're not discussing. No, 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 listen. We're not discussing opioids. Kratom is a dis distinct mm -hmm. supplement that can replace opioids. And I want you to know that you should have no worries for Michael Anthony. Well, well, Michael Anthony's my nephew. And I want you to know this guy on my wait, right side. Let's all be someone. Who do you want to be? <laughs> I want to be, I want to be someone. Just, I want to get in. Just freestyle. Can I be the doctor? Yeah. You be the doctor. All right. Wait. Can, can, I, the can guy, I be the junkie with the bald head? Yes. This guy? Actually, no. You be the doctor. I want to be red tie. Doctor is the glasses? Doctor's the one on stage talking about Kratom. Okay, yeah. your red tie, no glasses. All right. Well, so who, what I saw in Jersey is it looks like Kratom is pretty, pretty bad stuff, man. Chris Christie came out a few years ago and he was telling us, you know, if you believe in Kratom, you might as well believe in ISIS. <laughs> oh wait, you missed him. You missed him, bro. You, well, you know, don't worry about what that I guy's got to say. <laughs> don't even worry about what that guy's got to say because when we come from Jersey, the last thing I will tell you right now, Kratom ain't coming across these borders. Yeah, you could drink it all you want, pal. Have a sip. That's not a problem by me, but it's not no ingenious coffee hack. I'll tell you right now. You see this red tie? That stands for elephants. You know what elephants are for? He's right. He's Wait, right. I, I, have He's an, right. I have an opinion. I'm going to tell you my opinion. That, 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 that. <laughs> Ain't nobody's trying to hear that, sweetheart. Thanks for coming to the doctors, but this is a show about doctors and uh, well, males. I actually went to school for it. <laughs> The people listening. I have an opinion on too, the... and I'm going to share my opinion. And my opinion has to do with the fact that creative is a plant, and mm, plants mm. are good, and they're not bad. And a lot of times they can be good, but you make them bad, and then they're bad all of a sudden. But they're not. They're and, just plants. You and know what, what you mean? fail to realize is I'm on creative right now. And you don't yeah, see, it. honey, look, that's real cute, and I like how you spoke, but I'd rather you didn't. Listen. Oh, the founder of the American Kratom Association. Oh my God, let's end this because this bitch literally is in a discussion with me in the email chain right no now. No way. I swear to God, that chick's in the email chain right now. And she's making mad bullshit. I swear really? to God. Yeah, the dude was like, so the American Kratom Association says that Tennessee is still listed as an illegal state. Is there any way that we could erase this, please? And that chick was like, oops, I'm sorry. We oh haven't been God. updating our, our info lately. So that's hilarious that I just saw her name. You know, anyone should be smart enough to just to stay away from any drugs that are actually legal. Yeah, dude, all the cool ones are illegal. Hey, remember that took I took salvia and lost my mind? That was smart. Yeah, never that. <laughs> you could buy that at Sam Goody when you were twelve. <laughs> <laughs> worst. I never, worst thing. I never soul rape. I saw the video of the uh the dude jumping out the window. When he's oh, when he like falls through the Venetian blinds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I'm never doing that. I almost did that. <laughs> I, oh, you know what I'm talking about? I know the video. Yeah. And then he he's comes like, back in the door. Up, and he's like, yeah. Uh -huh. Comes back in. He's like, oh. <laughs> and then the girl, the girl, the girl's like yeah. on the couch, like yeah. this good. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have know I mean? okay. And then he knocks and like she comes to the door like, oh. what? what? How'd you get out there? Like crazy <laughs> shit. 
Yeah, I didn't have a fun time. Oop, my girl's got a fever. It's getting worse. It's 114 in Port Salonga. Get the cowbell. Oh, <laughs> Get her a vaccine. I got a Robitussin Max Strength. That fixes broken arms, bent, bent, like scraped knees. Babe, chug this DXM. I'll try see you on, on next fucking Thursday. <laughs> try this Kratom. Don't ever try the Kratom. All right. The Kratom of the We kratom. learned a lot tonight, guys. We learned, we learned, yeah. we learned. What did we learn about the cannabis industry? We learned about my time living in the trap in Atlanta. We learned, we learned about the difference between silly. growing up as a white black boy and going down and being a black black boy. Uh, we learned about the differences between generalizations and true calls. We had a really nice discussion. Don't ever do kratom. We had a discussion on the difference between being addicted to heroin and just having to shoot up while you're in Vietnam. Correct. It was pretty good comprehensive. It was well rounded. We briefly debated statistical facts on heroin overdose. Is this Very true? Brief. We overcame. That's right. It's arbitrary. That's Don't do a fucking good heroin. Recap. I think that we pretty much hit it all. We hit oh, dogs. You know, dogs. Don't you gotta dogs. hit the dogs. You dogs. gotta hit domesticated life. You gotta hit future plans. Let's not forget. Shout out my boy uh, John on Fortnite. He busted about nine heads. That he was did. pretty great. Shout out John. <laughs> yeah. Shout out really to Fortnite job. in general. What a hodgepodge of fun. It really is. You Jeez. should come over and try it out. It's like, it's it's like he was at my house the other day like, I don't know. The, Yo, it's it's like thing. game jambalaya. You get everything. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little shrimp, a little sausage, a little bit of scallops. It's addicting, man. Like if once you play, it's like, oh, I just get one more. Like, once, <laughs> yeah, once dude, the one more yeah, problem yeah, is yeah. really bad. Because my good. one more is like, 1045 yeah. to one because sounds, you're like i can't end on that you know? no yeah, i can't yeah. end on a fucking 48 i gotta yeah. end in like five yeah yeah i gotta let me just go till i get top 10 and then that's like, it and then and three and a half hours later you're like all right i'm done yeah <laughs> sounds a lot like my cocaine career <laughs> oh god i'm glad we didn't get to that part of the conversation yeah, it's just a dirty one i mean we could go there oh, <laughs> i mean you gotta come back yo you, you definitely this is, this is your fun. kind of thing it seems like you could, you got stories I mean, for days. He put the headphones on. All of a sudden, I mean, I'm, I mean, great. hey, man, I got stories. I do got stories. We didn't really touch on the DJ stuff. I got so many yeah. crazy stories. From yeah, that part festivals. Of my life. We didn't even get into your Africa besides the carnivore stuff. Oh yeah, Africa was my, one of the biggest. That was one of those when, when I think about my corporate finance professor and how he talks about those three moments or decisions in it's your one life. Of them. That was a big one. I remember you, you mentioned that to me a while ago. That was definitely one of them. What's good with the three though? Like you can't have four. Hindsight's a motherfucker. It's like a hindsight call, I guess. But yeah. like you, I, in my opinion, probably have had five. Yeah, I feel like I have. But when I look back, <laughs> I feel like his, his 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 thing is that once you look back, even though you had six, 12, 15, you're gonna realize like, oh, there was that one, and then that other one, and so then like other now one. here's one. Can you tell an MLC when it's happening, or does it take at least like five, ten years <laughs> afterwards? Uh, midlife crisis. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a retrospective realization. All right. Where you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm not having a midlife crisis. I just really need a lot of coke and an M, you know, like an M6. Yeah, and I broke up with my partner. You know, and then like a month later, you're like, did I need an M6? I don't have eight hundred ninety dollars a month. Midlife crisis uh, is. I think I might have had a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it depends when you're gonna die. When your midlife crisis. Is. Exactly. The <laughs> other day, he told me at 29 year midlife. I'm like, so what are you dying at 58, bro? I don't yeah. think you're midlife yeah, it's yet. Fucked up. I don't. Want to <laughs> Hopefully, it's I didn't like, think 30 was gonna feel like this. So. Uh, what bad or good? No, you just you feel like confused. You still feel like you. Yeah. You don't feel like you yet, huh? You don't feel like you yet. No, 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 I still, still feel, feel like, like, me. like you. Oh. I'm 30. I'm going to be fucking 31 in a month. Trust me, my dad's 62, and the only thing this guy has to tell me is, you're never going to get it. Nope. Dude, my dad tells me, he's like, I look in the mirror. 
I don't fucking get it. Yep. Yeah. You know, My dad's know. killing it. You know, like he's got nothing to really complain about. But yeah. he still can at least be honest and humble enough to be like, yeah, he ain't crazy. <laughs> look, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. It's true though, man. It's like I've got sixty-three years under my belt, and all I know is that uh, shit's pretty fucking confusing. <laughs> no one ever. You no, know, we had we had Kenny Lee on the podcast two Who? weeks ago. Who? Kenny Lee from Poker. Oh, Kenny! And Kenny told us he goes. That's the thing about the good old days. You never know that the good old days until, until they're, they're old. <laughs> I can't stand that phrase anymore. Good old days. This might potentially be the good old days right now. Fuck the good old days. I hate that phrase. Yeah, it just depends when you're gonna have your midlife crisis. I miss the good old days back when everything was simple. When you can go out on your front lawn and you knew all your neighbors and you know you didn't have to worry about milk at the grocery <laughs> store and the milkman would drop off his, his glasses right on your doorstep. And, you know, we could just, like, throw rocks at black people. And, you know, I just missed the good old days. <laughs> Everything was simple. The girls got together. They drank wine spritzes. The guys get together with a bottle of scotch. You know, I missed the 60s, man. Everything was great. Everybody was just relaxed. Everyone thinks whenever they were born, it was the greatest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like Dude, we, we I was born in 1987. Yeah. <laughs> like The for- year... For everything, like, sports-wise... Eddie Murphy Raw dropped in 87. Anything. Entertainment. Uh, it's uh, always the best from when you were born. It's always the best from when you were born, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kobe's the best ever. Cheater's the best ever. You know. Yeah. Jordan's the best ever. Yeah. yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, everyone's got to be the <laughs> fucking GOAT. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wants Blake to Bortles. say... Blake Bortles is the best. Everyone wants to say... <laughs> Blake Bortles is the GOAT. Everyone wants to say, like, oh, I lived through the golden age of exactly, whatever it yeah. was so they could... Yeah, Say it's it, like everyone's. You know? this, this is gonna be the next Uber. My uncle swears Larry Bird is the greatest athlete of all time. Man. Larry like, Bird had sciatica by thirty-one. Yeah, like, <laughs> but you'll, ne- you'll never change his mind on that. Full-on sciatica. It's like you don't get it. Yeah, he had that sciatica and he still played. Like, he no held it down for us when we were losing it all. He did though. Larry Bird was a G, but I don't yeah. know about the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, oh. definitely love to come back, man. It's a cool thing you yeah, guys got going excellent. on here. Yeah, we'll definitely, definitely love to come back. So so we already got his golden rule message, so that we're good on that. Mm-hmm. So because we usually end the show on that, but we're good. Boom, we'll reinstate that shit. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if you a, have, if you have one thing, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Under under sixty seconds, because I want to use it for an Instagram clip. So sum it up within a minute. Within a minute, man. The golden rule for me is just always value the folks that you know matter most to you. A lot of times we can forget the people that we care most about, or we can forget that we actually want them deeply entrenched in our lives. Always take time to really put your mind on those folks, and also take time to put your mind away from those that may not add that value to your life. It may sound messed up, it may sound like a cutoff kind of attitude, but it's only best for those around you and yourself. There's no need for you to spin wheels in relationships with people that won't get you anywhere or won't get them anywhere. Spend your time caring about those that you know care about you and that you know make a real difference in your life. Because without that, you're really just spinning your wheels looking for something that's not there. That was perfect. I think that was 59 seconds. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that you was take awesome, that to the grave. Amazing, dude. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. On it's my mama. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. On my mama, bro. Yo, you're you're spitting out winners, guess-wise. <laughs> I know. I got, I'm telling you. Yeah, you're spitting out winners. I got a network. <laughs> Wait till you meet all nine of my friends. Right. <laughs> You'll be back in a month, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Twitch. Thank you, you guys, for watching, everyone. Thank you, Twitch. I'll just real. name them. Liz. Thank you, Matt. 
Pawn Noob, Social Wise, Maddie Mutz. Thank Can't you. Can't forget about John the Fortnite God. Yeah, watch me Pawn Noobs. We'll have you at, we'll have you back on the stream. <laughs> Excellent. All right, thank you guys. Ciao. Be good, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope the show made your day a little better. If you enjoyed it, I ask if you could take a couple minutes and please subscribe, leave a review and a rating. It helps so much more than you know. If you want to contact us, go to weeklysitdown.com and connect. And remember, guys, follow your fucking dreams.